0: Look at him. My quantitative. You notice anything different about him? Look at his face. Look at his eyes. He won a national math competition in China. He doesn't even speak English. Yeah, I'm sure of the math.
1: Well, uh, as you can tell by A.J. Hoffman opening this pod instead of R.J. Bell, it's a little bit of a different episode this week, but I think we held our own all right. Uh, Talked some NBA, talked the playoff matchups, at least the ones that we know. Talked some MLB, how the rule changes have impacted things so far, and talked a little bit of NHL. Uh, If RJ were here, he wouldn't have allowed it, but we talked it anyway, briefly, very, very briefly. What I'm going to give to you guys uh, is a coupon code, and here's the deal. We're going to give you NBA plus football, and this is basically the NBA playoffs and you're going to add in any football full season. You might want Mackenzie Rivers,
0: uh, who was plus forty-seven and a half NBA playoff. That's unit not classroom. even right. I'm so mad at Tom. Like I, I talked to him, and I'm like, hey, from this date to this date, he's I lost three units in the in the play-in tournament last year. Okay, all right, I was down three units, but the playoffs I was plus fifty. And this is going to say plus 47. She's going to combine those two records. I'm so pissed. Wow. I got, I got to it, talk it. It should itself. say I mean,
2: postseason units. Exactly. Which not is playoff fine, units. Which would be fair. I wouldn't be that Post Postseason mad. units. Upset. So
1: we're going to go McKinsey was plus 50 playoff the, units. Because
3: that's what it counts. The playoffs. Well,
1: Fez, did you lose money easy. on the play ins last year? There's no way. Because no, you we just all bet the unders. No, we,
3: we all win because we, played, we play unders. You should have won. And the bounce back. Stop competing. Unders oh,
0: well, and the bounce backs. We do well.
1: Now, Fez didn't quite make. 47.5 units or 50 units last year. He made 31.87 units in the playoffs last year. Fe- not a bad job by you, Fez. How do you even have that? <laughs> I don't have that. Where's that number coming from? I've got the numbers. Why are you right. worried about
3: it? Thank you. Uh, here's the deal. We're going to give you... I'm already up four units in this playoffs. I count the play-in game. There you go.
1: <laughs> uh, you can get the NBA playoffs for only $99. It's normally 249 You can get it for only 99 if you combine it. With a football season access discounted subscription. And here's how to get the offer use the promo code NBA 150. You will get the rest of the playoffs for whichever pro you like, whether it be McKenzie or Fez. And then you get all of their football uh, season coming up as well. So, really great deal. NBA 150. Get the playoffs, and that'll lead, lead you, it won't lead you right up to football season. But it'll at least get you close enough. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, we can't, we can't adjust the calendar of these leagues. But we are giving you the best of both worlds here. Uh, coupon code NBA150. All right. Enjoy the show. Whatever here here. Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview The RJ List edition. That's all right. uh, We've decided to change things up a little this week, and what we're going to do is have a pod release now. The pod that you're listening to now just released. We're talking NBA playoffs. We're talking at least the matchups that we know of. The 4-5, 3-6, and 2-7 series coming up for the NBA playoffs as we record this on Tuesday night. RJ Bell will be back on Thursday, where he and our resident NBA expert Mackenzie Rivers will record a special pod w- once the entirety of the uh, NBA playoffs is set. So you're getting you're double dipping this week, is what you're doing, which is nice. Uh, before I introduce the Wise Guy Roundtable, I want to take a second and ask you guys if you are not subscribed to this channel. Now would be a time to do so. Uh, You may have noticed there was a uh, a hiccup in our subscription on our podcast feed, and you may have opened your phone and said, "I'm following the Shuli Show. This doesn't make any sense." And you're right; it doesn't make sense. But it's been fixed. So now, if you but you have to check if you're still following us. So if you if you aren't, uh, make sure you search R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Hit the follow button. Leave a kind review if you will. While you are at it, while you are on your preferred uh, podcast player, you can search for Straight Out of Vegas AM, which is a show that myself and Scott Seidenberg and Mackenzie Rivers do basically every Monday through Friday. Uh, Get your your day started off right. What do we say, Scott? Start off your day.
2: Start your day off with a winner. That's right. Well, okay. What was the what's the Vegas lean thing that you say? Oh, it's your daily destination for sports conversation.
1: With a Vegas lean. Yeah, there you go. He, like, he makes the words rhyme and everything. It's really cute. So, uh, yeah, give us a follow and a, a nice review there as well. goes a long way. Now, the Wise Guy Roundtable that I mentioned. To my left, I'm not going to make a Sides and Totals joke. It's just Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. Uh, am I to your left? I feel like I'm in front of you. Uh, if, if I were looking at this like a, uh, a clock... Like I would put up, yeah, my, I'm like eleven o'clock for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at my at my, I guess two o'clock <laughs> is the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr.
3: Steve Fezik. Hello, Steve. What is going on, AJ? As we discuss my number two sport, the NBA. Yes, well, you are an expert as well. But in the playoffs,
1: the playoffs just started though, so I'm catching up. But Let's enough of you two. The star of the show today to my noon o'clock. Directly across the wise guy roundtable from me, although eye contact cannot be made right now. There's too many machines and equipment in the way. The NBA expert himself, Mister McKenzie Rivers. Hello, McKenzie. What's up? What's up? This is a uh, this is a big time for you. Uh, obviously, like once I feel like once college basketball ends, the NBA has a while. Like they've got a few months where they're the featured player. Because it's like almost immediately after March Madness, their playoffs are starting up, which is great. And McKenzie has been quietly, because not a lot of people have been talking about NBA the last few months. Guess what? McKenzie Rivers has been on top of it. McKenzie, what's your record in the NBA this year?
0: Uh, 56% ATS, as we call it. And what kind of units are we up there? (laughs) What's the interrogation for? All right, so I've been like... 19-1 19-1 and one on one star, so that's, that's where my frustration level comes from because it's like, just play it all the same, Mackenzie. You're doing all right, but I, uh, I don't believe in myself enough, so like uh, plus nine units. But, um, okay, it's, it's, but
1: 56% know, winners.
0: Whatever. And what was your percentage last year? 57%, when I was just a nice balanced two-star, just chugging along, everything's all right. Matt, how easy is, is, is the NBA, Fez? What was the play today? What was the play tomorrow? Let me see. Uh, I believe there were playing games, correct? Playing
3: games. That's I not the play, regular season. I would play under then,
0: yes. Ka-ching one, Kaching two is I'm looking at the first half come under. What are the numbers easy on that play game? Easy winner. Uh, eight in a row. And that's it, uh, eleven ten- and three, I think, in the existence. And you know what, McKinsey, uh,
1: this goes so ba- easy. this goes to you saying you don't believe in yourself, but like when we first talked about it on straight out of Vegas AM, we said, what's the look in the first round you said or in the play ins? You said I think the
0: the Hawks beat the Heat. Uh huh. Talked myself out of that. And then I said
1: last or on yesterday morning on the last SOV, I said, y- "You got to be playing the uh, the Hawks plus the points." And you are like ah, a bunch of sharp monies on the Heat. Damn that sharp! Mo- you are the sharp money, McKenzie. Let's remember that you are the fifty six percent two years in a row. Not those guys. Get your get your uh, get your groove back, baby. I,
3: did, I didn't see any sharp money on the Heat. I saw a line that was five point four, <laughs> and it closed five.
0: So no, look very late. The last done, yeah, very, five and a half. Very late. No, look at the board. There's three five and a halves and two fives. So right, where five and right, right where it opened. Right, right. So it'd be easy to say all oh, the sharps took the five and a half. What, what do you say? No, it was money. It wasn't sharp money. It was money.
3: Money came in. It's money. Money came it's in. Mo- money came in uh, on on the favorites. In a
2: singleton game in the NBA. Can you repeat what you said about the unders? You said eight straight and 11-3 and three in the playing tournament? Yes. Is that full game unders or first half unders? Full game. Full
0: game Full unders. game unders. That,
2: that, that assumes the Lakers go under, correct?
0: Yes. Uh, no, no, no. It's eight in a row. This would be nine in a row, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. Which, uh, full
1: disclosure, we are in the third quarter of the Lakers game. And we will we'll get to that 2-7 matchup between either the uh, Lakers Grizzlies or Timberwolves Grizzlies later on in the pod. But uh currently the Timberwolves are up 10 in the third quarter. So not a but it the game looks like it's going well under. Uh and on the SOVAM yesterday we said, what's the way to look at these games? I, it's the Unders and the Dogs are the only ways I could look. And it looks like that is the way that those games are going to end up going, although the Lakers, who knows what's going to happen in the second half. Well, but long, histori- long historically, the dogs have not been the way to go. But this year, you're saying that the This dogs- year, I, I mean, and I'm no NBA expert by any stretch. I just, I thought that the numbers, considering that I was looking at lower, I, I was expecting lower than, uh, than what the market projected totals, it makes
2: the dog more juicy to me. But we also talked about this... McKenzie uh, uh, earlier in the week with the Rudy Gobert suspension for the Timberwolves and this whole idea that the league just wants the Lakers in the playoffs, LeBron and everything they've done since the all-star break. Obviously the line was inflated. If you
0: were, ha- you were making this line, it shouldn't have been eight, right? It doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. Another, another bet I talk myself out of. If they're even teams, it's two. Maybe three. If you're in, if you if you believe in the old guard of three points for home court advantage in the NBA, maybe in the playoffs it's three. Now it's eight. Like what happened? Rudy Gobert is Is not worth five points. Yeah, and I agree with. There was cluster injuries. They said no way. The defense is. It's an NBA game. It's it's not that much of a difference from one guy to the next.
3: Anthony Davis is supposed to score forty five tonight, right?
0: No, yeah, Again, exactly. Those midgets right. of the of the Minnesota team. I mean, right? they still and have a guy named What's his over Kevins. under going to be twenty five? Wasn't he supposed to be
3: compromised a little bit? How the heck is he listed as being like? Was he questionable tonight for a while? For in a, in a play-in game? I mean, come on.
0: I'm not going to cast aspersions, but he's questionable. He's he's solid. He's he's all right. He's not gonna, he's not going to stop anybody either way.
1: Well, we will uh, we'll get into those games later. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. We're going to go uh, basically match up by matchup and uh, let McKenzie deep deep dive into what's the uh, what the the matchups are in these games, what the way to look is in these games. Uh, let's start in the East, where the hottest team going in that conference has been the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and the market says yep they're really really good the consensus shopped told or shopped odds on that series sixers minus
0: 887 the sixers went you got to love mark green you got to <laughs> love mark green he's going to be the second to the best odds whether that's 850, 875, no, on our consensus screen, it's 887. Thank you, Mark Green, just being being exact of what he does. That's right. Uh, so at 887, the Sixers won
1: all four matchups this season head-to-head. I'll ask you, McKenzie, is there any reason in the entire world to think that the Nets are live in this series? Normally you'd think a 3-6 matchup would get teams lined a little bit closer, Uh, are the Sixers an atypical three seed
0: or are they Nets a worse than usual six seed? Um... I think the Nets should be disrespected. I mean, I'm sorry, the Sixers should be disrespected here because the Celtics are so much bigger favorites than them. In my, in this instance, I think the Hawks are better than the Nets. I think the Sixers think they're at least as good as the Celtics. So, uh that seems like the first leg in one of those classic first round of the playoffs favorites parlays because I don't see the Nets without a big man being able to being able to stop the Sixers. How impactful uh
1: is just like the the market perception of the Nets? The Nets, obviously, this, at the beginning of the season, were a totally different team. Everybody thought the Nets could compete at the beginning of the season. The Nets now, like, most people can't, most, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people who are very casual NBA fans can't tell you that Mikhail Bridges is the best, the best player on the Nets. Like, the, the fact there's no KD, no Kyrie, like, is there just a, a perception that the Sixers have the stars, they've got Embiid, they've got Harden? They've got to be way better. The Nets don't have anybody I've heard of, so they just stink.
0: It's a perception, but it's also true. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I want to ask a a betting question here, Fez, when it comes to series prices versus uh, series spread and series exact outcome. For instance, let's take a look at this series that we're talking about between the Sixers and the Nets. The Sixers, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook where they're minus 900 to win the series. Mm -hmm. The series spread is... Well, I just refreshed the page and it just uh, oh here we go. Minus
3: two, two and a half. Two and a half. Minus two and a half. At minus one fifty. Yes. Yes. So so basically the Philly has to win four to one. Or I Or four zero. Or four
2: yeah. Or four zero. Now you can bet series exact outcomes and the series correct score for sixers four zero is plus two forty. For sixers four one, it's plus two ten. Yeah, you'll do worse.
3: Um, I'll explain why. So just to simplify the math, let's, um, let's, let's assume they both paid plus 225. It's not going to be exactly right. Uh-huh, Close uh-huh. enough. And we're going to make another um, uh, assumption that each are equally likely, all okay. right, which I don't think is all that far off the truth. Um, but it doesn't matter if it's equally likely or not. So so th- because they're minus 150, let's assume 30% of the time they win 4 30% of the time, they win 4-1. Actually, that's that, that, that's that probably off. 20% of the – let me use the actual number. Probably 25% of the time, they win 4-0. 35% of the time, they win 4-1. Let's use those numbers, all right? Um, but because I just said both of them were plus 225, that's going to simplify it. So if I bet it 100 times, 40 times I lose uh, one unit, all right? Um, and then – 60 times
2: you win – to one point two five.
3: No, no, because no, because um, twenty five. I'm I'm betting both of them, so I uh, I'm going to lose. I'm only going to win one of the two at plus two twenty five. So um, I'm just going to further simplify that they're both equally likely thirty and thirty. Just as I'm pretty confident this is going to mm-hmm, show what mm-hmm. a hor- horrendous bet both bets are. So thirty um, uh, percent of the time, I'm going to lose a unit. Uh, 40% of the time, I'm going to lose a unit. 30% of the time, I'm going to pick up um, 2.25 units um, by by winning my long shot. So I lose 70% of the time, 0.7. I lose a unit. That's minus 0.7. 30% of the time, times plus 2.35. I, oh, I pick up 2.35. So 2.35 times 0.3. Where's my calculator? It's not nearly 0.7. So I wind up with a... Um, and I, I didn't even put VIG into this, so I wind up with a negative expectation bet. So
2: it's a negative EV bet to do the plus 210 and plus 240 as opposed to just the minus 150 on the series spread. Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, which by my numbers, by definition, because I, 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 I know VIG the 60%, that would be a break-even bet. And so the other way with the math that I just laid out very quickly, um, let me just confirm that. So if I take a, a I'll have a 30% chance times 2.5. Sorry, yeah.
2: 0.3 well, Mac, do you even like do you even like the two and a half spread? Do you see the Bulls? Do you see the Nets winning two games in this series? Yeah, it's 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 negative. It's close, but it's negative. It's better to do it the other way.
0: No, I don't. I don't. And minus one fifty was the same odds the Bucks had uh, uh, against the Bulls last year at the one eight matchup. So that's the kind of disparity that you're looking at. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I don't minus one fifty to get four or five game series.
2: I don't see the Nets winning two games. I see the Nets could win one. I just don't see them winning two. I think minus two and a half is the way to look at this series. I
1: wonder if the if the Sixers aren't maybe a little undervalued because the Sixers obviously haven't won anything with this group. They haven't won a big prize with this group. But this is really the first time. And you correct me if I'm wrong, McKenzie. This feels like the first time in the Embiid era that they haven't gone into the playoffs with a major injury. Like it seems like this is the most healthy Sixers team entering the playoffs. In forever. So, like, we could be getting the best Sixers team that's made the playoffs in some time.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. They're, they're uh, probably right there with the Celtics and the Bucks as, you know, consensus best team in the NBA. They're so plus 4.3 That's point. why they have the same odds as, like, a one seed versus an eight seed here.
1: But <laughs> here's my question, then. If the Bucks and the Celtics are plus 300 and plus 335 to win the NBA title, the Sixers are plus 1100
0: is there not value on the Sixers to win this thing? Oh, okay. I, I was thinking of value on value on Brooklyn. Uh, y- yes, I mean if uh, yes, there there is my opinion. I mean, some people are, you know, Embiid's going to fall apart at the last minute. Harden's going to fall apart at the last minute. There is that stigma. It's sure. the opposite of the Warriors stigma around them. Uh, but talent wise, for sure, there's they're being disrespected. Eleven to one, three times the payout of Boston. and Milwaukee. But is it, yeah.
2: is it because? they're going to have to play against Boston they do have a in order path. to Much get to the Eastern Christian. Conference Finals. It,
3: it, yeah, spot, spot, spot on. So the, the, it, it's a terrible bet because the, I, I'm confident the mechanical – it's not terrible. The mechanical parlay, this time I'm confident, and I get it. I'm sorry everyone who played the mechanical parlay on Connecticut didn't get anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't know they were going to get to play you know, six cupcakes. But that's always a possibility. Not in the NBA. It's not, not in, in the NCAA series, tournament. Yeah. It's it, it, they're going to have to go to Boston and they're going to have to go to Milwaukee and they're going to be a two to one underdog in both games. Which means your one is going to turn into a three and your three is going to turn into a nine. And they and, and even if it's a, they get a bye against Brooklyn, whose plane might crash, they still have to beat them, and, and then they have to play the West where they're the going to finals.
0: Yeah, where will be dogs again in the series. I'd
3: probably pick them, I would think. If Philly makes it. Uh, it, unless, it's, that path. unless it's
0: the Phoenix Suns, I think they'd be the favorites. Yeah. Over the Warriors the, or the
2: fact that, that Sixers would be favorite over the Warriors in the NBA Finals? Current, not if they current played, power
0: ratings? Not if they played
2: today, but if they beat oh, Atlanta they beat Boston, they, they beat Boston, Mal- they they Milwaukee. Th- they yes, yes, be. yes, 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 yes. yes.
1: What, what would the current, like if you if there was a line now between the, the Sixers and the Celtics, what do we
0: think it would be for uh, the series? I'm going to go minus 220 plus 180. So Boston's at home? Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. Boston minus two twenty. Yeah. I was gonna say it's at least minus two hundred. Yes, at least because,
3: because the home court is worse so much. Yes. Although, pursuant to what McKenzie's saying, Philly's surging. Philly has a plus four point three.
1: Maybe I just think the Sixers are better than what uh, the market thinks.
3: They are, they are better because they're 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 plus four point three points per game, and they're and they're surging. They almost they caught up to Boston. And I know they were down like five games over the course of a year, mm-hmm. um, but that. It's because they're healthy, and what do we know about these players? They're never healthy when the playoffs continue along, so they're one injury away from
2: being, you know, from being in trouble. That's the that's an interesting question. As we're talking about the Sixers, Mackenzie, are they the? If you look at the the teams in the playoffs, I mean, I guess you can take a star player off of any team, and it's devastating. Um, like if Giannis got hurt, the Bucks probably just are just disintegrate but I, I don't think the sixers do anything without embiid even if harden's there even if the rest of the team is fine without Joel embiid
0: i don't th- i don't think they win a playoff i don't think they win a playoff series yeah it's six points a game it's you know he's one of those mvp guys it's like the difference between the best team in the league and an average team so could they win a game if you got three ch- cracks at it uh you know they were without him for two games when they w- won a championship you know they ended up winning one of those games that's, that's i think they'd be peck- him the
3: against brooklyn without embiid
0: yeah that's probably on a on a neutral or in in Philadelphia, for the series, if Embiid yes. yeah, said I'm yeah, not yeah. playing,
3: I think it would be Peckham.
0: Right, I, think there. I, and,
3: I agree with yeah. that. And, and I mean, so uh, I, I actually think I understand. I lost the minus 4,500 in Purdue. Thank you, everyone, for reminding me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it right now. I'm making it back handsomely with bridge jumper after bridge jumper because I am like a man on a mission here, convinced that the market. When I found out that Purdue was only like minus twenty seven fifty at Pinnacle, I had an epiphany, and I'm like, I'm not making nearly enough money betting the sun comes up tomorrow. This would be the, what's the greatest upset in
2: NBA history, in any series? Uh, was it that eight seed Nuggets over the Sonics? Uh, no, I think no? it was the Mavs. That was the first time an eight seed.
0: When one. Dirk won his MVP, they lost uh, the first round against the the We Believe Warriors. In my memory, that's the the, the Matumbo eight but one seed is similar, right? That. that was the
2: first time an eight seed beat a one seed, right? Yes. When when Matumbo and, yeah, and, and the Nuggets I, won. I it yeah.
3: to. I, I recall that series. It was only five games,
0: right? Yeah, and, and further, the, yeah, the first round was only. And five I back remember
3: then. that the spreads like were close to pick them in games three and four, mm. and and I I do remember that. Um, Seattle was like a nine-point favorite in Game 5, all right? And I, I remember the Sasquatch came down from the ceiling, and they said, there's no way they're losing this game. Not in a zillion years. Okay, so that certainly qualifies. It's an excellent example. But literally, if Philly loses the seven-game series, this this has Purdue written
2: all over. it. It's like this is one of the greatest upsets in NBA history. I, I would agree with you. And I feel the same way about the Celtics and the Hawks. And, and AJ, you want to move there? As we know now, the Hawks uh, with the play-in winner. Are the seven seed in the Eastern Conference and will play against the Celtics in that two seven matchup? Before we move, the reason that
3: Mark Green's odds show Philly minus eight eight seven is because I was pounding Philly minus eight fifty.
4: All right, so I so I got me <laughs> that's a piece. pinnacle, by the way. I got me. I got. It, me, it's, um... I
3: got no, it's not pinnacle.
2: That's just through everywhere that I could get them at, at minus eight fifty or less. I bet Philly. So the, the book of Fez. Yeah. Uh, so what odds do we have on the two seven matchup? The Celtics and the Hawks. The Celtics are minus one thousand the
1: Hawks plus 660 uh seems to be about the average line so uh like McKenzie said Celtics an even bigger favorite which I like, in a way makes sense the 27 but McKenzie you think the Hawks are a more live dog than the than the Nets
0: are yeah just personnel wise like I agree with you if, if the Nets were to beat the Sixers I can't think of a bigger upset maybe since 2007 but this one it, it wouldn't be crazy just because the Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals. In my mind's eye, that said, you know, on paper, yeah, I can't think of many, many bigger upsets. This doesn't happen in the NBA.
2: Well, what's up with the Celtics health situation, Mac? I know Jalen Brown missed the last couple of games with that cut on his
0: hand and Marcus yeah. Smart was out as well. It's funny. It's... All those nagging little injuries that kept him out of games 81 and 82 seemed to, <laughs> seemed to go away before uh, for the first round of the playoffs. I think Jalen Brown and, and uh, Marcus Smart returned to practice, expected to play at uh, beginning of the series.
1: All right, let's talk about from a power rating standpoint. If we're just talking a one-game matchup here, what, what's the, the difference between these two teams? Let's let's say on a neutral court, what's the difference between these two teams?
0: Let's see. That's interesting because I have not seen price yet so uh, my power ratings are put to the test I haven't seen game one odds I have Boston at plus six and a half right with their actual uh ratings I have the Hawks about an even team let me see where is, where is Atlanta that yeah, is have, what their have, point have, per game is yeah I actually have them a half point better I give them a little bit of credit for the you know years of solid at one point better than average very clockwork like the Hawks are so I have them half point better so it's a six point difference you have Boston two and a half Game one should be eight and a half in in, uh, in TD Garden. Game one is eight. <sighs> call Mac, Pretty it's, close. It, it's cheap because the spot's bet
3: much better for Boston because Boston's rested and Atlanta's yeah, going to go party for, to for a day. This I eight, think they got three you days. You think
2: we'll, we'll, this eight will become eight and a half?
3: I laid seven and a half. I laid eight myself five at
2: mm. the openers. Okay. I,
3: my, my, myself confident that the number would go higher. I also think if Boston's outscored their opponent six and a half per game, there's, you would expect that they would get a bump. Be, because they're, um, I mean, they won fifty-seven games. They weren't. Ex- I, I, I get they got pushed a little bit at the end by the seventy-sixers, but they certainly had a period of time. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ken. Yeah. Back in March, it was really February, where it's like, all right, we're going to, you, know, you know, we're good here for the division.
0: Uh, Five thirty-eight, their NBA edition uh, had a very interesting study on score effects, where if you're winning in a game, mathematically you perform worse, and if you're losing in a game, across basketball landscape. So the fact that you know a team is plus six and a half, that's probably on average, you look at the great span of history, they're probably a plus eight team uh, that's played a little bit worse because they've been coasting on leads. That's
3: it seems to me, and I don't watch a lot of NBA, so let me ask you, McKenzie, I know you watch way more. My eye test says the referees are biased. And they call fouls like
0: crazy. The score effect, uh, it, it would point in that direction. If
3: I'm down 12 <laughs> and I take it out. to the hole and I get swallowed up, I get the call if I'm down 12. And if I'm down four, I don't get the call consistently.
0: It, it, it makes me want to pull my hair out. It's, it's just so, uh, I mean, Rudy Gobert, you know, he got he got in trouble for punching a guy, but he also got in trouble for saying, you know, I every day I see this, it's clear, it's obvious. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like, ah, uh, all right. Well, don't you know that, you know, that's a foul fierce. in the first quarter is
2: not the same as a foul in the fourth quarter. Well, I agree with that. It must be a long handbook, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I
3: why handbook. is it against the rules to punch your own guy? That should be that should be <laughs> that's cool. True. Right. Right? I mean that's
1: an internal issue. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. No. Let them sort it out themselves. Yeah, players only
2: meeting. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: it seems to be the uh the way to go. Uh how much do you account for the hawks and like there's now the questions are starting to pop up about Trey Young's future. It feels like just in general, the Hawks are a team in turmoil. And that's usually something you want to avoid come playoff time, right?
0: Uh, are they in turmoil? If I'm Quinn Snyder, I just signed like a reported like record breaking. I mean, came in midway through the year. Yeah, six year yeah. deal. And it's like they got rid of Nate McMillan mid year because they really wanted to sign me for a long term deal. Um Maybe they leaked the story. Maybe they didn't. But I feel like the powers shifted. Trey Young is not uh, untouchable in Atlanta anymore. So if I, anything, I think that you know lights a fire under them. They they played like it tonight. By the way, I did look
3: at the box score, and the biggest problem I have with the NBA is so often when a team beats another team, it's three point shooting variance mm-hmm. because it's such a big part of the game now that whoever shoots better from three wins. No, in this case, Atlanta actually shot worse. So they made one fewer three pointers despite attempting six more three point shots. So that was a very impressive win against Miami.
2: Yeah, Trey Young was one of eight from three point range, and they still won the game. So that's a a good feeling for the Atlanta Hawks. So I'll ask you guys: is
1: there a uh, is there a bet to be had here? Is it the uh, what's the the is it minus one and a half games or minus two and a half games? What's the the series play like that, Scott, on this? Or, or Mac, Steve, is there just a, a straight-up play you you believe in in this matchup?
3: Well, the series price is going to be minus two and a half, lay sixty five because it's a comparable situation yeah. mm-hmm. to filling up by a little bit more. I'm gonna lay it with Boston. It, it again. The two and a half, or lay the uh, no. the thousand. The I'm gonna lay the minus one thousand. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm I'm definitively. If you told me you can have Fez, you can have Atlanta twelve to one against Boston. F you, <laughs> f you. They're wow. not. They're that's not almost gonna double win.
1: their price right now. They're yeah.
3: not twelve to one. Yeah, well, that's because right. the, the plus six twenty five is like Stone code Sucker. I'm the worst. Better in the world.
0: I took Fairly Dickinson. I'm not. I'm not bitter. You, you know, it's a
3: recurring theme here.
0: Um, believe me. The would, would, uh, you, would you judge me if I couldn't lay the minus one thousand and I couldn't lay the minus eight hundred, but I could put them together and lay like minus four fifty. The two. The two. The Sixers and the Celtics. As long I'm, as
3: the as, as both, I know, the, I'm tying both, up
0: my money for no particular it's reason. It's, it's it as just long seems as, easier. As long as
3: as long as you're not taking a worst bet
2: on one of your legs. All right. So I, you it, get the best number on the Sixers and the best number on the Celtics at the same or equivalent. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Then, then you could parlay them both or minus four. It's fine. Absolutely. If my my problem I with the money that. line. The, my problem with
3: Me the too. money line is they come in is that you, you when you t- start taking worse numbers.
2: Yeah, like if you're going to lay minus nine fifty on the Sixers when you can get an eight seventy five. I mean, we have we,
3: we have handicappers yeah. that do this all the time where they say, "Oh, just parlay these these big fair." What's amazing is like they and I know they don't have the best numbers at the different books mm-hmm. and although maybe some of them claim they do. Um they they win. They win playing these stupid, you know, brain dead money line parlays. You know why? Cuz the whole market is because they're actually not stupid, they're smart. The market is skewed towards uh, on things like this, they it's not valued correctly because people want to bet a little to win a lot. And so they'll look at that Oh, the Hawks. They got they they got a superstar. They could win. No. They can win.
0: Yeah. They could have the best player in that series. They stink. So they win half <laughs> their. So they win half in, their in, games. All year, games all year. All year long. But no Hawks one thinks they have protect. the best player. No, right? I mean, yeah, just like delusional Trey Young fans could still. That's that's the other side of this market. There's people that are willing to lay it, bet a little to win a lot, and then there's Trey Young fans. And all year so, long, the over be? under on Atlanta was
3: forty one and a half games. That was like their projection. And guess what? They won. What forty one games. This is a team that has just met expectations. Mm. It is a mediocre team playing against. One of the teams favored to win the title, yeah, mediocre teams don't beat title teams. Maybe eight seeds beat one seeds, you know why? Because they got like three really good players, and they like threw games like the City College of New York all year long, maybe not. but you, you get the idea that every eight seed that makes the, the that beats a one seed is is a undervalued mm-hmm. commodity. I see no reason to think Atlanta is.
1: Well, let's look at the most competitively lined first round matchup. And that is the New York Knicks, Scott's Knickerbockers against my Cavaliers. Cavs minus 215, Knicks plus
2: 185. Now this is where the Knicks show Donovan Mitchell that he should have been a member of the Knicks and not a Cavs. Or is it where Donovan
0: Mitchell shows the New York Knicks, you know? <laughs> he
1: shows everybody. This is why I came here instead of there. Uh, McKenzie, what are your thoughts initially on this matchup? Who's got the, uh, who's got the edge
0: here? Looking at their season statistics, it just seems like the Cavs do everything the Knicks wanna do, but better. They have a better defensive, more explosive guard duo. But uh and you brought this up on SOVAM. The fact that the Knicks have played them three times, a couple times without Julius Randle and they've won pretty comfortably, three and one straight up in ATS. Uh it could it could be, you know, style makes fights and if they're playing the same style, Thibodeau can get dirty with, you know, with the with the best of them. And maybe that's why this is more uh, closer line matchup than I think the season stats would suggest.
1: What do your power ratings say about these two teams? Like, is it, are, are they
2: pretty close to, uh, to equal here? of the Cavs is two and a half points better. Now, if Randall can't play in game one because he's still dealing with that ankle injury, and maybe, you know, Tibbs doesn't want to push him for game one to make sure that he's ready for game two, does that change your evaluation of the series? Do you then
0: bump the Cavs up even a little bit more? I'll tell you what. Here's the secret: Knicks win game one without Randall. Hammer spot. They get Randall back. They're trying to work him in the game two. People always think, "Oh, they're going to be even better." They're always worse, especially if the one is an upset game one. So that that would be how I. Would I got numbers. I
3: got numbers on this. This is excellent by McKenzie. So the number is that um, game two, since two thousand two, if you played game two, a team off of a home loss, so home team loses. Uh huh. Back to home team 53, 36 and 1 60% against the spread. Nice. So the homey the, the zigzag does, doesn't doesn't work very well um, anymore, but the the homey's zigzag
2: works game 2 if they lose outright game 1. So the zigzag doesn't is not is not a big thing anymore. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, we're saying this, this this would be a zigzag if, if the Knicks steal game 1.
3: Yeah, so here's here's the numbers. Thank you to Ralph Michaels for, for providing this. Um, off of a loss since 2016, uh-huh. if you bet every team, every playoff game off a loss, Mackenzie, you probably have some similar numbers, I imagine. Um, 52, 112, 45% blindly playing the zigzag against the spread. Mm. is overpriced. It's done very wow. poorly. But if you play a home team off of a loss, 36 and 28,
2: 56%. Okay, so the home team off a loss is what you're looking for. Yes. You know, the other trend that has been – Very popular over the past couple of years, and probably too popular to the point where the books have not only caught on, but are in just the ultimate cockroaches, is the team down 0-2, the first first half play in Game 3. And what we've seen, and it was last year, I think, was was the most like glaring because everyone talked about this with more legalization of sports betting around the country, with more and more shows and podcasts and content providers out there giving the information. It used to be one of the best bets in playoff basketball. Team down 0-2, you play them in the first half of game three. Now what we're starting to see is that team down 0-2, in game three, they're home, let's say, and they're four-point favorites for the game. They're four-point favorites for the first half. Looks like a proper it, it's, it's, adjustment. It doesn't make sense. but the makes book, complete But sense. the book is saying, hey, we're on to you guys. We yeah. know what you want to do here. This is the this is the line. And this is the
3: problem when you have a really good profitable trend that the word gets out on mm-hmm. eventually it disseminates enough into the market that even the last guys oftentimes to get the memo. You know, I'm so tired of hearing about the the bookmakers like I'm 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 I'm, I'm a little agitated today, AJ. There's like there's no books in Vegas are putting any lines up on the draft. And some of the bookmakers in Vegas are saying they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. It's a, a
2: losing it. proposition. I spoke to uh, Derek Stevens from Circa about this maybe a year ago or two years ago, maybe probably a year ago. And he said, we're just, we have no interest with no interest in putting up... It's because they, it, they can't stay ahead of the information. The information gets out there so fast on Twitter and and word of mouth and whatnot that they well, can't... Well, these bookmakers don't have computers, so... Well, it's, exactly. it's just they can't stay ahead of the information. Of, and of it's course, a losing proposition. And, and, of course, this is
3: bullshit. The, 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 the truth is they, they, they don't have the resources to stay mm. ahead of everything. If you put the fucking hitman... Sorry, I'm using the F-bomb. If you put him in charge of Circa, they would do just fine. You know why? Because he wouldn't deal $3,000 or $2,000 limits. He'd deal $500 limits. He'd be scouring... You know um, all of these different beat writers, twenty four seven. or they would have, have other to have somebody like him. would have to have somebody like him dedicated for this. But it doesn't these, matter yeah. because as soon as he'd had, he'd, he'd isolate the draft specialist, and as soon as the guy laid one ten, he wouldn't be a Dumbo mm-hmm. and move his line to minus one eighteen. He'd say, "Move it to minus 150. And people were like, "He can play back the other side and, and, and lock in a profit." And 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 Hitman would say, "That's fine. Get a bet on the other side. Don't don't the, 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 these 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 Dino bookmakers that." That they might be in the in the sports betting Hall of Fame, but they don't know how to book the draft at all, and it's painfully obvious, and that's why they're not going to book it at all. If um, if you take a bet from Mackenzie Rivers on the draft and he's laying a dollar ten, you don't move it to minus a dollar twenty. You know, if you you move to minus one sixty, mm. and then if someone comes back in and plays plus one thirty five, well, then you could start trying to
2: figure out what the right yeah. numbers should be. Got a bet on the other side. I used to have a bookie that uh, would have terrible lines, and I would. Argue with him, and I would say, "You got to be kidding me, dude!" You don't like, argue with him. I said, "You got to be kidding me, dude!" The line everywhere is minus four, and you're posting minus five, minus five and a half. Like that's not right. And you know what his response to me was? Play the other side. Play the other side. Yeah, there are. I I know that, that was his. That was always his response. I I have a
3: book that deals reduce vig, and like clockwork, this does happen that the line can be you know can be five and a half, and they'll deal four every now and then, mm. and as sure as as. Um, the sun's going to come up tomorrow (laughs) within within 20 minutes. Guess what the line move is down to like in their direction. It won't go all the way to four, but basically they've just taken a bet from an Allen Boston type or a right angle guy who works with right angle that's that's telling them guys, you know,
2: we like TCU. Let's uh, let's go back to this Cavs Knicks series and McKenzie. What percentage chance do you give this series
0: to go seven games? Um, not not who wins it. Just if it goes 7 just or will that. it go seven? Pro- I would have to like you know get my pen and paper out, but um, I'm going to guess 25. Well, percent I say this because Knicks plus let's go 32. Knicks
2: plus one and a okay. half games minus 130 series spread. Well, let's do, let's do this. What's Knicks plus one and a half games. Cavs plus one and a half games minus 330. Makes sense. Yeah. But the favorite, so you're, the, the favorite out of all of this, like you know, it, well, not the favorite, but if you want to look at one and a half versus two and a half, like two and a half is plus money on the Cavs at minus two and a half, um, but the Cavs minus one and a half is plus 105.
3: It's one of those where I, I you'd have to price, you, you have to put in the probability each team wins. Do, do, it's it's not a binomial distribution because the probability the changes. favorite, the favorite, but, in, but you have access to that right where you could actually plug in. If you put in the probability of each team wins it on home in the road, you, yeah. you 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 could generate the probability distribution function for for how often they win four zero four one four two etc.
0: Right? Yes. But so, it's a binomial distribution calculator. You
3: but it's but it's not just but, but it changes because it because it, it's a double. It's not called a double binomial, but it's it it. it, 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 it I, have, I could have, if I have two equal teams, obviously, then I've got a 58% chance to win at mm-hmm, home mm-hmm. and a 42% chance or whatever it is on the road. So well, that makes it so much more complicated than if it's a neutral. By the way, I do have an elegant question for everyone. If you don't get this right, you don't get to go to Yale. Assuming we have two equal teams, assuming no extra motivation, they both win 50-50. They're on playing on a neutral site. Which is more likely? A six-game series? A seven-game series? Or are they equal?
2: Solve it eloquently, please. What's more likely? They're both equal. It's a six-game series. A, no. No, it, no, they're both equal because if they're even teams and they win 50-50, then a 3-3 split is the same thing as getting a 3-2 result and anything could happen in that 6 game. Correct. That makes sense.
3: In order to go to six or seven In order games. to go to
2: seven, you have to go to six. And and in order, order to go at to six, to three, two, it's a 3-2. It's 3-2. Yeah. So
3: at 3-2, it
2: becomes 50-50. I'm going to the Ivies! Finally. Excellent work. So this is what I'm asking. Yes. This is why I'm asking about that Nick spread here at plus one and a half games. The favorite on the series' exact outcome prices, meaning like how many games the series is going to be, the favorite is seven games. Then then six games, then five games, then four games, obviously. So if the book is marking seven games as the favorite here, why why isn't Knicks plus one well, and a half Nick, Nick, play? Nick, Nick, Knicks and seven is the favorite, right? No, it's just I'm I'm Either not team. looking at the team result. I'm just looking at the series exact games between okay. the Knicks and the Cavs. Okay, seven games is plus one eighty five. Six games plus two fifteen, and then five games and four games still, is obviously greater
3: odds. Still looks woefully inadequate to me because um, even
2: I, I like where you're going. Uh, like, like give me the plus one and a half games in a series that's favored to go to seven. Yes, um, I, I, I can see why you're motivated to do that. I I have to actually price it. I All guess. right, how about the better play then? Over five and a half games minus one eighty. I'd have to price
3: it. It's um, it's certainly intuitively, if it's supposed to be if it's supposed to go seven over yeah. five and a half, sure looks like it. You know, it should work. Well, let me throw
1: this out about Cleveland. Is it possible that it's the mistake by the lake? Yes. Cleveland is a lot like the the Yukon of this tournament because the Cavs didn't have the, I mean they're the four seed in the East, but they're uh they got good numbers. Their numbers are really good. Yeah, they do. Their point differential is the second best in the league. They are better than uh, they're they're better than the Bucks on offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, like they are an incredibly good statistical team. They've just stunk in, clo- in close games. Couldn't they, you they...
3: argue though that they're like the team in the East that won't have the second gear, and Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly all will? Because the the super the, the superstar driven teams are... are the Cavs not superstar driven. Not I would say no. Well, Donovan Mitchell's
1: a B level star, right? Man. I, I, I mean, maybe, I guess not. I, I guess they don't have like an MVP candidate type guy, but it feels like the Cavs have plenty of star
0: power. Like The argument against the Cavs is that it's not a coincidence that they're not good in close games because the Utah Jazz weren't necessarily great in close games if you look at it compared to their straight-up margin. What do the Utah Jazz of the last few years and the Cleveland Cavs of this year have in common? Well, they have Donovan Mitchell, a streaky, uh, statistically Kobe-esque, but Kobe played in an era where everyone was 20% less efficient. Uh, so you know he's he's not up to the level of a Devin Booker necessarily or a, or a yonders or someone that's extremely efficient. So in a close game, maybe not against the Knicks, it doesn't show up because they don't have that either. But um, against a uh, you know against a Jason Tatum, he's probably you know a B level star as, as you say. It also feels like, I mean,
1: we we just kind of glossed over it, but the idea like, there's a question mark next to Julius Randle, and if Julius yeah, Randle's not, play, not playing, not play game like. One, yeah. If Julius Randle's not playing, the Cavs
2: are a world better than this team. Like, well, that might put the kibosh on the over five yeah. and a half bet, right? Well, how much can we put any stock into
0: Jalen Brunson's playoff experience? Sure, I mean he you know showed up for last year, yeah, for the first time, asked the question. I, let me push back on the, the Julius Randle question. Are we sure the Knicks are, are like any worse without Julius Randle? Like sometimes you just have guys that are out there, but you know. the we were talking about this when it was the last time these teams matched up. It was five and a half. Cleveland, uh, New York at Cleveland. Julius Randle announced out. Didn't matter. They ended up winning going away. Uh, you know, I think it might be an opportunity if he's announced out or, or you see a, a snap line movement that's not necessarily warranted. Does the NBA have like a wins above replacement number? It has a million of them. and like, it just, we, It's all how you want to find them. It's all confusing, yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> necessarily. Oh, here we go. I'm looking at right now, wins above replacement. Let's see if uh, Julius Randle even comes in. To the top 30, nope, I'm going to keep going down, 40, nope, 50, how about we just do, here we go, Julius Randle, the 49th player in the NBA, and wins above replacement. Is there anybody want, on the Knicks more important than him? Oh, uh, J- Jalen Brunson's got to be right. I would. Josh Hart is more important than him, Emmanuel Quickly is more important than him, Jalen Brunson is more important than him, so yeah. Several wow. players, okay, more important than according to 538's war,
4: but none of them were in the were in
2: the three point
1: contest except <laughs> for Julius Randle, which <laughs> may, yeah, I mean that's that's what makes him the most valuable. All right, does anybody have a, a wager they want to endorse on this series?
0: Over five and a half games, and what's the what's the lay price on that? Minus one eighty. Okay, so if the Knicks win in five, you're just going to be like, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that would be the bad beat. That would you know? be the <laughs> bad beat. Yes.
1: Fez, you see anything on this one yet?
3: I could get behind the over five. Now, what's the what's the vig I got to pay for minus one eighty? Right? Yeah, I I certainly wouldn't want to book that. Sure, feels like
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, are are all these series going to go five games or four games? You know, it's like one of them should be close, right?
2: Yeah, I think this. I, I kind of just want to play the Cavs series. minus two fifteen. Like I, I just feel like the Cavs. All right. There we go. So what's the bet? I'll take it. Uh, what are you giving? Well, you have Cavs two fifteen, and I'll t- two hundred minus two hundred. Mine's two hundred. Two hundred, yeah. 200, and what, yeah. What, plus are you, 200. what are you giving me on the comeback? Two hundred. No vig. It's I, no vig. I get plus two hundred. Yeah. I'll take that. That's, that's it. Right, that's a that's a free bet.
3: You're good with that, right?
2: Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's do. We'll do two 200, 200, yeah. Two 200, yeah, hundred. Two hundred dollar bet. All right, we're in. We're in. Mackie writing it down. Yep. We're in you're going you're
3: anything you believe in roll on Cuyahoga
2: roll on
3: no bets yet
1: okay S- surveying all right well let's shift our attention to
2: the Western Conference well one before we get there let's just acknowledge that we don't know who the bucks are going to play in the first round, it's going to be uh, the winner of the Bulls and the Raptors.
3: No, they they No, gonna it'll be the winner oh, of the, the Bulls
2: Raptors game against. Yes, Bulls Raptors. The Heat. winner of the Bulls Raptors plays against the Heat. Yeah, and then the winner of that game plays against the Bucks in the first round.
3: But but apparently the NBA is considering canceling that
2: series because they don't need to play it because Milwaukee's going to win. I think, I think that, that makes wanna, sense. I mean, Mac, would we see north of minus one thousand? For the Bucks against you either should. of those three teams? Not the Heat. It wouldn't be minus 1,000 against the Heat, would it? Oh, sure, it would be. Because Milwaukee's
1: power-rated, you know, with uh, Jimmy Butler. You ever heard of Jimmy Butler, the greatest playoff player in history? <laughs> Kyle to Lowry? Sound? You ever heard of Kyle Lowry? Jimmy
3: Jimmy Buckets didn't do so good tonight, so. Now, Kyle Lowry did all the scoring. He mm. shot, like, he was... You're fire. probably you're probably right that with the reputation they have, it's we're probably looking at like a minus only a minus nine hundred. You're probably right. I, yeah. I, I think it's. Cl- I, yeah. I, I
1: agree. I, I think agree. it's closer to the Sixers Nets series than it is. to I the, agree. the Celtics, and I'll lay it. All right, let's take a look at the Western Conference, and we'll start with let's start with the three six game because I feel like this is the most intriguing. If uh, if I walked up to the window and I just saw 3-seed oh, Sacramento Kings, 6-seed Golden State Warriors, wait a minute, I'm seeing plus 238 on the home team? The 3-seed? How's this happen? Minus 275 the consensus yeah. number on
2: the Warriors. So this is historic. Going back to 1990, no top three seed has ever closed with a series price above plus 160 in the first round. Uh, recent history, we had in 2021, the two seed Suns were plus 155 against the seven seed Lakers. Suns won that series, four to two. Also in 2021, the three seed Nuggets were plus 110 against the six seeded Blazers, Nuggets also won that series four games to two. Uh, what, were,
0: what were the Lakers against the Suns in 2021? Uh, Suns were plus 155, and the Suns that, that won might that have series. That might have existed at one point, but uh, I charted every, every, uh, every series that year. That, that's not what it closed at. The Suns were slight favorites in that series. Suns
2: closed the slight favorites in 2021? Yes. Interesting. Um, And then in first round? Yeah? Okay. Uh, Let's see. 20, we go back. We have 2014 Raptors were plus 110 against the Nets. Nets won that series, though. 2015 Clippers plus 160 against the Spurs. Clippers were the three seed. They won that series four games to three. Uh, 2014 Raptors. I I did that one already. 2005 Sonics against the Kings. Sonics, so it was even money. Sonics, the three seed, won that series. So I'm seeing here that in, uh, since 1990, with these highest series odds, as far as the three seed being an, uh, the higher seed being an underdog, I'm seeing the three seed has gone on to win that series. Well, it looks like every time except for the Clippers beating the Nuggets in 2006 as the 6-3. Does that give you any caution about the Kings
0: and Warriors? So you're saying the history says the Kings win here. History says the Kings would win here. I trust the market over the history. Yeah,
2: I trust the market over the history as well. Plus, Fez, tell me if you agree with this. This isn't home road. This, This is an hour away from San Francisco, Sacramento, we're talking. I don't even know, and I've been trying to look everywhere for this answer. I don't even know if the Warriors are staying in a hotel or not. Like, why would they? Why not just go home after the game?
3: I'm sure they're staying in a hotel. They'll be staying in a hotel. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're staying in a hotel. It's an yeah. hour car ride. They're, 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 nothing's an hour car ride in that part of the country. <laughs> well, it's, it's, <laughs> just getting across yeah, the, but, the bridge is going to take an hour. But there's, I mean, the
1: Kings fans are going to be excited about this. Like, how? I guess you have to break down how much of home court advantages the team has to travel and how much is you've got a frenzied fan base. And
3: you've got a historic. Historically bad road team and great home team in Golden State. But that's so why, that's why I don't factor in the fact that they're bad on the road because this really isn't a road trip for them. But, but they're great at home. Yeah, right? we know so, that. Now, so now another key is is this like an extension, you know, of, of their home field? I got to tell you, if it was no vig, I mean, I might bet Sacramento. I mean, this just looks ludicrous. You know what this reminds me of in NFL terms? This probably goes be before. Um, Scott, your time, or before McKenzie's... AJ, you probably remember. So the Cowboys on their dynasty, they were wrapping up and they were donezo, and they were playing at Carolina. It was like, pick them. And it was like, there's no way that that Dallas should have been favored in that series, but it was all reputation. I mean, Golden State's not very good. Uh, they're just not very good. There's no way they should be laying, like, minus 270. They're like, like clearly, that's the wrong bet here. Now, does Sacramento have value?
2: I gotta tell you, maybe... You just look to play Sacramento in their home games, especially got, off a loss. If this were any other location, I would agree with you. Hmm. The fact that this is as close to a home game as you can get. I mean, we're talking about like the only, the, it, obviously Lakers Clippers would be the closest you can get from playing home and road. They play in the same arena, but like Nets and Knicks would be the next closest. Mm-hmm. That's it. Warriors. And and and, uh, and and Sacramento here, it's an hour away. This is not a road game. But Sacramento, there's going to be plenty. They never play any there's, any, there's any playoff be plenty games. Plenty of Warriors fans, and I bet you there's a whole campaign right now in Sacramento saying, "Do not sell tickets to Warriors fans." Trust me, the the, the Warriors money will find their way into Sacramento. What is it? The Smoothie King Center? Is that where they play, McKenzie? No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, they changed their name? I think that's New Orleans. Oh, no, Orleans. That's, New Orleans that's New Orleans is Orleans. the Smoothie King yeah. Center. That's right. Yeah. Uh,
3: probably they're, they're eating too many smoothies, AJ, down in New Orleans. Or is it probably.
2: Golden One Center? <laughs> the Golden One Center? Didn't it used to? All right. Well, I, I, thought, I feel like it was like a, a, weird, uh, a weird name before that. Anyway. I just think that Warriors fans will be in that building. I think Warriors players are going to be comfortable playing in close proximity to wherever they're living. It's. I don't think this is like, uh, oh, Warriors are so bad on the road. That I mean, this is an advantage for Sacramento in the in the state of California. The Warriors have gone five and
1: one on road games or on home games, one and five on road games. Like, it's it, it's not just the. It, like we said, this isn't a team that's like. Repeat, it's not that, the, that's a great stat. They are five and one against California teams at s- home. Straight up, straight up, one and five. I mean, in the playoffs, we, we, okay, like, where, in a where, way, that's what where, matters. Where were those road
2: games? L.A. or okay. Sacramento? Well, cancel out the L.A. games and just give me the Sacramento games.
1: What? Like, do you think they're riding the <laughs> Cleveland Indians team plane from Major
2: League? Like, <laughs> is that what you're? Is that what you're picturing? Any time that you do not have to get on a plane is a benefit for an NBA franchise. Okay. These are massive human beings. Then, that in that do case, not sit in that well case, does Sac- in does, a flight.
1: does Golden State's home home court mean
2: less in this series because it's not really a road game for the Kings? No, because of how good Golden State is on their home floor. But
1: how shitty they are on the road doesn't like you're, you, you can't just pick and choose when it matters. Well, and Sacramento when it doesn't.
2: has
3: to travel west, so that's yeah, an advantage.
2: <laughs> I, and I got news for you: Sacramento is pretty good at home too. The question is, is like, why are the Warriors so good at home? So obviously, you you factor in the crowd and that court. Okay. The question is, why are they so bad on the road? Maybe it has has something to do with the travel party. Maybe it's the accommodation. Maybe it's the the way that they schedule their departure and practice to when they get to the new city. I think
3: there's got to be something with the sight lines on the new new arena that they have. That They have an advantage. Yes. Oakham's razor, all things being equal, Mm -hmm, that mm would be
0: the most logical explanation. Would you agree with that, McKenzie? Uh, No. I mean, it seems why are we so sure that this warriors being so bad on the road is anything other than a championship hangover like like it w- if you were betting will the warriors be above 500 ats on the road next year would you like hammer the no they won't be like it seems completely just it's one season they had a lot of t- they had turmoil at the beginning of the year but turmoil at the end of the year they weren't buttoned up on the road games i don't put weren't much stock like, into it at all they
3: start like 12 and 1 at home and 1 and 12 on the road i mean it was historic right the
0: the disparity right yeah, they ended up with like nine road wins. It was historic how bad they, they ended up. Uh, maybe, maybe I ding them a point different from I would ju- judge them You know, otherwise, but not five points. I don't think they can't win on the road or something. I don't think it has to be a not road game for them to win. I think they could win in Portland or in L.A. or wherever. I don't know. I don't, I don't put that much stock into, into the regular season road record.
2: So is this series accurately priced then?
0: I think so. I, I would. I would. I would. Uh, you know, if you do the the binomial distribution from the game one line, where it's about a pick'em or Kings are favorite or Warriors are favorite, then it's not fairly priced. The Warriors should be like minus two hundred here. But game six and game seven, experience matters. So I, I think it is fairly priced because of that. How much of a a bump do we
1: give the war? Given, I mean, it's very similar to last year. They didn't have a healthy team all year until yeah. the
0: playoffs. That's interesting. Beginning of the playoffs last year, remember they were 18 to 1. Now they're nine to one. Fourth favorite. But yeah, I don't know. I it, it seems like they got uh seems like they were a lot less uh acclaimed this year than they were last year. I don't know. But now they're nine to one. Eighteen to one beginning of last year. I think maybe last
1: year it just felt like there were there were more teams that had a chance to win it like yeah. so Sac- or so golden state was kind of down in the in the rankings power rankings of those teams that seemed to have a chance to win it now in i mean in the let's just face it in the western conference most people if you said i'll give you a a a even money $100 free bet who's going to win the west most people would say phoenix i i think golden state's probably next like that's it, yep it, it, more than it, and saying that there's more people who would take that than the 1 seed nuggets or the 2 seed grizzlies I think what you said, experience goes a long way. uh, But also the fact that we've seen this story before. We've seen the Warriors come together at the right time. And McKenzie said it earlier. Guys who are unable to play for whatever reason when there's 10 games to go in in the regular season, but then come playoff time, they're ready to go. They're good to go. The the Warriors seem to be that. Whatever issue uh, Andrew Wiggins was having, his dad was real sick. Is Andrew Wiggins' dad, like, significantly better now? Is it just convenient timing that, oh well, ready to play ball? I, like, I think these guys know what they're doing. I, I think that this team is built for the playoffs. They know it all along. And I'm not saying they punted the regular season. I just think that there were nights where they gave less than
2: optimal effort. I, I would agree with that. And I used to say this all along when it comes to teams like the Golden State Warriors that have – Uh, been to so many NBA finals, obviously you you have the championship pedigree, is that when you know what it takes to go through the the ringer that is the NBA playoffs and win an NBA championship, you also understand that the regular season, I don't want to call it meaningless, it's not as meaningful. And you know that Once you get into the playoffs in a seven game series, you take your chances against anybody. So I think the Warriors, uh, I used to say this about the Spurs, too, when they were during their run, they had like a a savvy veteran approach to the regular season. Let's go. You know, let's 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 work up our, our stamina. Let's get our bodies. okay. don't don't hurt you don't kill yourself here there's we don't need to win 60 games and we'll get into the playoffs and we'll be in a seven game series and we'll win and this may point back to what we were talking about at the road
1: games if you remember like that last spurs title run when when they would sit guys out and they used to get in this was like the start of resting all your starters at once like popovich was the first guy to say okay Kawhi, uh, you sit, Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker, you guys are all sitting too. And guess when they did that? Never in home games.
0: (laughs) It was never in front of their fans. The history of the NBA changed on the tarmac in Orlando when Greg Popovich said, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manager Noble, you're going to take this plane home to San Antonio. The rest of us are going down to Miami. We're going to play this game. But uh, you know, rest up because we're going to need you in three months for the playoffs. Uh, it's It's been a deleterious spiral ever since.
1: But the, the Spurs were never sitting all those guys at home. No, exactly. It was always max effort for home games. Eh, whatever on the road. That's we the know way it should be. That's we know we're going to make the playoffs. And when we make the playoffs, we'll be better than you guys.
2: And that's what the Warriors have done all this season. <laughs> And is, now I, now it's playoff time, and everyone always used to ask the question, can they flip the switch in the playoffs? Yes. Yes, they can. And now they will.
1: I, I, if the Warriors somehow, I say somehow like it's a, a million to one shot, if the Warriors somehow win the title this year, we have to give them like so much credit like organizationally that it's like Spurs-esque. It's got to be that. It, it, better. It, we got to give be LeBron better.
3: credit for somehow beating this team when they were at full strength. That's the most incredible feat ever.
0: When did he beat this team at full strength? I must have missed that. All right. You know what i <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's amazing is that the Warriors were
2: so bad, right? Oh, 2016? Oh, that was, come it, on. It, is that... The, there was a w- puddle. Is that the Warriors were, you know, when when they dealt with the injuries and they were so bad that they earned themselves a lottery pick and they got James Wiseman and it doesn't even matter. Like he's not even on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone thought like that was going to be like, Oh man, the rich just got richer. They take, they took a season off and now they got hey, a lot really of
0: A championship contender that doesn't get max value out of a top three pick. You can't recover from that. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine if the Spurs, when they, when they were down the year that David
1: Robinson was hurt and they said, okay, we got the number one pick and they took James Wiseman instead of Tim Duncan. The, the trajectory of your franchise is forever changed. Yet the Warriors are still here. Could have had Lamelo Ball. That would have been nice. I mean, but it's it's just pretty wild to think about that. Like you can totally whiff on the one chance you've got to, like I guess refuel your franchise, and you you absolutely swing and miss, and you're still just. I mean, listen, they're the sixth seed, so it's not like they are uh, on top of the world. Mm-hmm. But it it could be it could be way.
0: Way worse right now. Yeah, I'm comfortable laying the juice at the Warriors. They're winning this series. You're, not, you're doing uh, in six games or cause in six games we'll be at home. Let's go. We got action already. Never mind. Yep. What's the what's,
3: what's the, the what's the no vig? I'll take
2: Sacramento, what, plus two fifty? See, no Vig. If, if no Vig, then you gotta take then. Do I get two fifty? Two sixty? Okay, right. so I'm bumping you up while bumping me down. Is yeah. that how you want to do it? Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, so I'll go minus two fifty then. Yeah. Okay. Minus two fifty plus two fifty. Yep. Warriors are winning the series.
1: Think about if the if the Spurs, when they drafted Tim Duncan, if they'd taken Keith Van Horn instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, how many
3: titles would the Spurs have right now? The irony like, is I think Van Horn was pretty good. He was decent. He was solid. He wore ugly socks. Yeah, but, okay, how socks.
2: about this? Good for what, the Nets.
3: For
1: what, if the, what if the Spurs had taken a Donald Foyle there instead of Tim Duncan? It'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't know that you're getting any uh, titles out of this run, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible what the, what the Warriors are doing right now. So, uh, all right, so there we go. We got some action on that one as well. Fez backing the Kings, plus two fifty. Scott minus two fifty. The NBA can't screw the them over. They already did that once. So they <laughs> used they used that card against the Lakers years ago. I mean, if they were going to use it with any other team, wouldn't it be the Warriors? They would,
3: but they can't screw over Sacramento again. There'd be yeah, you, yeah they can't. They don't no, care about Sacramento. Rioting. They'd be rioting. They'll burn furniture in the in, in the hood.
1: They don't care about Sacramento. They're hoping Sacramento like finally decides to sell to someone who moves the franchise. They're like, I think I can't imagine Adam Silver stays up at night going, man, we got to be real careful not to make Sacramento they fans would prefer angry. Prefer
0: to screw over the Timberwolves if they had an option. I think <laughs> Fezzik's right. It's, it was a it was a bad memory. Did they still ring those stupid
3: cowbells
0: there? I think they, they do. do. They
1: do. Yeah.
4: Golly. Oh,
1: yeah, that's annoying. I hope Chris Weber has a big series for your sake, Fez. Uh, all right, let's look at the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns minus five ten.
0: It's a four five matchup. It's a coin flip. Not so much, huh? Yeah, minus five ten. It's kind of a surprising number when I think I don't. I can't think of a player. Playing better than Kawhi Leonard right now in the NBA to be four to one underdog, but it makes sense with how well the Suns have played.
1: How much of this is like, like when Kevin Durant's on the floor? They look, they've looked to be kind of unstoppable. And like, it, like we talked about the Warriors when everything's on for them, they're a different team. The assumption is the Suns are going to be a different team when KD's on the floor than what they've been all season.
0: Yeah, they're undefeated. They're eight and zero. They are undefeated they are 8 0 they have not beaten anybody. But you can only play. You know who who you've who they put out in front of you. I think this has more to do with the Clippers and the market. Not thinking Russell Westbrook is going to be that um, you know, second best player on a good team. He really has not played well in the playoffs since uh, you know, 5 5 years or so. It, it's it hasn't been it hasn't been pretty for Westbrook in the playoffs.
1: What's the assumption on Paul George? We know he's not going to play to start the series uh and it, like is he going to be able to b- get into this series at some point if it goes long enough what's the hope for Paul George if you're a clippers backer
0: yeah it was surprising that it was a sprain that's what they called it when they, when he came down it looked a lot worse than that but uh the reason they called it for a sprain 3 weeks ago and not a tear even though a sprain is a slight tear and a tear is a slight sprain and all that uh is cuz they wanted him to play so this gives them that optionality i bet he's going to be back you know game 4 if they're down um you know it seems like a pain tolerance issue at that point Okay. So uh but listen, could be over in four games.
1: Like it, it, so you need to hurry up, Paul, if you're uh, if you're a Clippers supporter here. Uh Fez, I'll ask you like does the pricing
3: seem right on this uh, this series? My friend Pastrami who's the That's most That's not his
1: real name. That's a made-up name.
3: It is. Um if that is his name, uh, basically, frantically called me and said we had to bet Phoenix. He says it's he says his line's completely wrong. He says Phoenix would win even if Paul George was playing the whole series, which he's not. And so, and my friend Pastrami does very, very well laying big vig. So uh, I think we laid like minus four sixty. He was like, get. I, I I made some of the arguments that we made and um, concerns. He's like, take your little VC. He 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 came across it and then he said, book it or bet it. Thank you, and hung up on me, <laughs> which is a very powerful thing. That's disrespectful. Yes. Uh, it's not disrespectful. It's it, it's very matter of fact. Like, hey, I'm I'm busy. If I'm I don't have time to lay this all out to you. If you disagree, you pee on, <laughs> then book it. And 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 guess what? Whenever I book Pastrami's plays, I pay him. To McKinsey's point,
1: like you still got Kawhi Leonard's playing great ball, and if you said. Give me a guy at the NBA who can match Kevin Durant if he's playing at his best. Kawhi Leonard's that guy, right? Like It, it feels like, I mean, I guess you, you've got to count the rest of the, the roster as well, but if there could be a KD neutralizer, it feels like Kawhi Leonard would be the guy, one of, at least one of the guys you'd ask to have.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the last time we saw anybody play at that like Jordan level, I would say it was 2021 quiet against the Mavs and put up like 45 on 20 shots and was the best defensive player on the court like there's very very few players that have been the best defensive player and the best offensive player on the court at the same time quiet has been that you know regularly in his you know playoff playoff career
1: what's your uh what's your power rating say on let's just say an average game on this with and without Paul George. What like what what kind of a difference does Paul George make and what's your difference between these
0: two teams going into the series?
3: We got Phoenix five, point, five points better?
0: I do, yes. Phoenix five points better uh, currently. So that's without Paul George. So that's Phoenix minus seven. If Paul George came back, I'd make it two and a half point adjustment. That's uh, Phoenix still minus four and a half. Okay, know.
2: that makes sense. So uh, what bet. do you got, Scott? I'd like to play the Clippers at plus two and a half games in this series. It's minus one twenty five. I so, think at worst uh huh it's a four two series. Or th- uh yeah, four two at worst. I think the Clippers win two games in the series. So what what what's the lay for that? Minus one twenty five Clippers plus two and a half games. I don't mind that. I like that actually. I just, so you I, think this is a competitive series then? I don't yeah, six I, game a six series. game series doesn't necessarily have to be competitive. I just think the Clippers can, can get
3: you can get killed in a six game series and Yeah, um, I think yeah, the Clippers win two games.
2: Yeah. That's all I need. I mean, they're going to be. I, I, they're gonna I be, think they lose the series, but they're going to be they pick, two games. They're going
3: to be pick'em games three and four. Yeah. So they're going to get, if, if they get one of those, basically Phoenix has to sweep games one, two, and five. Yes. All right, and if the Clippers just do it, what's expected, and the Phoenix is only laying seven, and Paul George comes back, they're going to be laying you know four
2: and a half. Not they're going to be laying five. I can of seven. I can easily see Phoenix winning winning games one and two. The Clippers winning game three. Even if Phoenix gets game four, I think the Clippers are live in game. Clippers five. Clippers could win game two, and they could yes. win game four. Yes, I think I think Clippers plus two and a half games minus one twenty five. I'm just I like at, that. I'm um, ju- all I'm asking is them to win two games. Yeah, I think we got it. So you guys all like that bet yeah i
3: could I can endorse that,
1: okay well,
3: I, 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 the only concern I have is that obviously Paul George coming back is like is is it gonna if you get down. You know, 2-0, do they just say, eh? And they get blown out the first two games, do they just say, eh? No, because
2: it's... If they know, get down how much of it is they game they got, playing? 3-0 is a different story, but but, he's but, not, remember,
3: but he might, but he's not playing 3-1 but remember, also.
2: remember the cliche. You know? Series doesn't begin until the home team loses. So That's they, a dumb cliche. They lose 0-2. That is a
3: dumb... I hate that cliche. They lose 0-2. You got to win a game fine. on they the road. Care. You got to win a game on the road to win the series. So, so like the series hasn't even begun, and
2: I got and I got eliminated four to three. The well, series doesn't begin. It could be, can <laughs> be, can be, can be three, so three. I'm going home, and it it hasn't be, even begun. Be, and I'm fat packing my golf bag. But it could be three three, and then you go on the road for game seven, and guess what? Series has begun. Let's go back. Or let's rewind a year to
1: the Nets and Celtics series last year, and everybody kept saying Ben Simmons might come back. Like uh, Ben Simmons is going to come back and like after in game three, Ben Simmons, like are you putting Ben Simmons and Paul George in the same sentence? No, I'm just saying like there was clearly some sort of gamesmanship at play there. Like there was, I I don't think Ben Simmons was ever coming back. Is it possible that Paul George, like he's not going to play in this series and, they're saying that to keep keep fan hope alive, to keep uh, keep player morale up, or like to keep the other team thinking that maybe Paul George is going to come back.
0: That's interesting. So you're saying in hindsight, because we know we know Ben Simmons was uh, not actually ever going to come back. Because I think in hindsight, we know that Ben Simmons could have come back weeks or months earlier, but maybe uh, spiritually wasn't into it. Uh, I think Paul George. Paul George wants to be is there. He's spiritually into it, yeah. I, I think the fact that... I mean, how bad did that injury look? And it was immediately announced that it was a sprain, that he was going to be on this... Uh, so it could be gamesmanship, but I mean, what do you really gain Ty, from Ty Lue's perspective? Uh, Phoenix isn't going to game plan very very differently. They're going to try to get their program in order with their new pieces that have been together for like four weeks. Okay, so are we... Uh, is, there,
1: is, any, is there any other bet to make on this? Uh, is there... You know, Is there a certain player you could see having
0: a lot of success in this series, or do you want to just keep back in Kawhi Leonard? I think Devin Booker. I think, yeah, Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant probably, to some degree, cancel each other out, and Devin Booker's going to score like 30 in this series. He'll probably be priced at 28.5 a, a game, so lean to the over on his props. So you could see him being kind of the featured offensive guy because KD's got
1: a, pro- a problem
0: uh, with, with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, exactly. And sense. Russell Westbrook has to guard somebody or has to <laughs> pretend to stand somewhere. Uh, and that's where Devin Booker will take advantage. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, actually. So
1: our final series, not the final series, final for this podcast, uh, McKenzie and RJ will have the rest when they uh, do their pod on Thursday. But, uh, Mac, what's the uh, the series price for the Lakers who got the win tonight in overtime, what is their series price, and what's the
0: the line for Game One against the Grizz? Looks like the Grizzlies are minus one twenty favorites. Take back is what Lakers plus one hundred. I'm not looking at it myself, but yeah, plus one hundred two. I'm me. seeing, but yep. And the game one line is right in line with that, so uh, no premium. Grizzlies minus two and a half in Game One.
1: All right, I know you haven't uh, obviously haven't had a lot of time to handicap this matchup, but. Lakers obviously streaking. i mean playing really good ball right now. What do you make of the Grizzlies, a team that hasn't been playoff proven? Uh, is this a, a good spot for the Lakers? Is a good matchup for them?
0: Have the Lakers been streaking. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, it, it felt like at night. the be-
1: it felt like at the beginning of the uh, if you go back to the All Star break, it looked like the Lakers were not going to be a playoff team. Second best team since the That's
3: trade deadline.
2: Well since the All-Star break now if you count the play-in game they have the same they have this the the best record in the NBA since the All-Star break tied for it tied but that's still the best <laughs> right it's, I mean still it's the best. still the best
1: it's at least solid they've at least been solid
0: in the, sec- in the in the second half uh I mean I mean, I feel like the this like there's been two games that like mattered seemingly coming into the game, and that was versus the Clippers where they got run off the court, and then tonight where they were getting run off the court, and they came back in the fourth quarter, give them credit, they won the game. That's what you're trying to do. But I, I don't buy into this Lakers look like a juggernaut team. They look kind of what I expected coming into the year. Maybe not as bad as they, you know, two for ten when they started the season, but I don't think they're—I don't know. I, I don't see them as a real contender yet. I think there's value on the Grizzlies, if we're being honest, because— The public's
2: going to be all over the Lakers, and you actually might get a better price on the Grizzlies before this series even starts. And the Grizzlies have home court. The Grizzlies didn't have to go through this play-in round, and
0: I I think the Grizzlies are a better team. And there's some history. So the play-in teams have not fared well. At least this would include the Lakers. Eight teams, you know, there's been two years, four teams have advanced. None of them won the series. None of them have won three games in the series. And you look at ATS... 14 winners, 28 losers, ATS, teams that have played in the play-in and then go on to play in the, six, in the round of 16. What's that record again? 14 and what? 14 and 28 ATS, 10 and 32 straight up. Uh, it's only two years of data, but you know, not one team has been better than expectations in that next round after being in the play-in.
1: Well, and like RJ says, sometimes those trends, it's not something that you would play on, but it's certainly enough to keep you from wanting to bet on those play-in teams. Like if you just say, oh well, just they they've never won. That's enough to me. Yeah, small sample size. It's enough to me to go. I'll wait until one of them does it. Yeah, never
0: won, never won ATS. You know, a lot of teams lose in in six games, but go four and three, four and two ATS or whatever. Never happened with a playing team so far. Yeah, I'm the bet.
2: The bet for me is the Grizzlies to win the series minus one twenty. Actually, no. Wait, because I think that minus one twenty goes down public comes in on LA. I think the public's betting the Lakers.
3: I I, I agree, because so often, I have bet against LeBron Mm -hmm. in series, getting value in competitively priced series, and and the man has come through, you know, (laughs) cost me money. So, I can tell you that there's a lot of sharps who've been around for a long time. that like, betting
2: against LeBron James in the playoffs is not the way to build your bankroll. Yeah, there's going to be, public's going to come in on the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow that this could be an even priced series, or... By the time we get to game one, the Lakers might be favored in this series. I agree with that it might be Lakers minus 120 this this might be a total flip in a couple of days so at what point do you say okay this is this is
1: the good number this is where I this is where I want to jump on the Grizzlies
3: three minutes before tip off <laughs> yeah
1: seriously okay. seriously at like the, right I, at the squarest <laughs> book like yes. right before tip off of game one so be it sta- be at stations right before the game t- maybe watch the game at stations sportsbook at Green Valley Ranch. And get your bet in right before.
3: Don't uh, go crazy because throughout the series, the same um, phenomenon is going to occur where, especially the games in L.A., mm-hmm. when Memphis gets to be the underdog, you're going to be, you know, getting the text. Can you get over to South Point and get me down on Memphis plus five when the line's four, you know, which probably will Well, happen. you won't get that text because everyone knows you can't wager at the South Point.
1: The
2: line just flashed on my screen. Yeah, Grizzlies minus minus one eighty. Yeah, I'm watching so. it right now. I'm watching the line flash. It's gone. going
0: down. Like this, <laughs> plus one oh three is gone. Yeah. You'll Never get that again. It's, what's your? What's it's going
3: your, down? I, I don't hold grudges, AJ. Anyone else? I, I recommend and I will recommend South Point to some of my best people to waste Silverado
2: Steakhouse. It's good.
1: Do, do yeah. you generally Primarily prime? You generally agree with that, McKenzie? You, you think there's value on the Grizzlies in the series? I do. Yeah. It, from a, like, obviously there's the, the narrative and the public money is going to be on the Lakers from a matchup standpoint. How do these two teams match up in your eyes? Like, do you, do you, do you feel like the, the Grizzlies are equipped to, to do the things that you, it takes to stop LeBron and AD. Yeah.
0: It's kind of strength for strength. No one scores more in the paint than the Grizzlies. No one draws more fouls than the Lakers. Will that balance out in the playoffs? We'll see. Uh, I don't know. The Grizzlies are a very deep team, and I don't think that really helps you against the Lakers, who are probably going to shorten their lineup, shorten the it, amount of possessions in the, in uh, in each game. And it doesn't really help you in the playoffs in general, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't because you don't you play every other day. You know what your rest is going to be like. How is John Moran playing now that he's not going to strip clubs? <laughs> Was that the problem? Too many strip clubs. Uh, I'm just guessing he's curtailed his activities. Yeah, yeah, keeping it close to the vest. Uh, he, he's been playing well. You know, his, his, his stats have been consistent since he's come back.
2: These teams played three times in the regular season, and the Lakers won two of those games one twenty two, one twenty one. I then, think so
3: often you got to look at like the box score and see who played each one of these games.
2: Yeah. So the, in the one twenty two, one twenty one game, uh, John Morant scored twenty two points for the Lakers. They were led by. Russell Westbrook who scored 29 <laughs> points. Not walking through that door. That is Okay, so that is the first time that those two teams played. The second time those who, two teams Who was played, out for the Lakers? Uh it looks like Anthony Davis did not play in that okay. game. Um and in the second game it was Grizzlies 121-109 over the Lakers. The Grizzlies were led by 39 points. From Ja Morant, the Lakers got 28 points from Anthony Davis, no LeBron James in that game. So this will be the first time the Grizzlies have faced a full strength. Well, then the third time, the Lakers won 112-103, and that was without Ja Morant and in that game, Anthony Davis had 30 points, no LeBron James. So this is the first time that we're going to see both these teams play each other at full strength. Hmm. Now, the, the the reason why I also think that there's so much value... As long as Memphis, you don't count Russell Westbrook as part of full strength. Yeah, word. Uh, the, the Why I think that there's going to be value on the Grizzlies, too, is that because besides John Morant... D- there's, it, the Grizzlies don't have household names, whereas the public is just going to fall in love with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Meanwhile, Jaron Jackson Jr. might be the most impactful player on the court in this series. Mackenzie, I'm not I'm not walking
0: out on a limb by saying that, right? No, favorite win defensive player of the year. You know that says a lot, right there. And then uh, offensively, he's probably the third most important player in this series behind AD and LeBron.
3: Yeah. How many so, calls did the uh, Lakers get over the series on borderline calls? Good hand pick. See, ref. this
0: is the thing. As good as a defender a <laughs> as Jaron Jackson
2: Jr. is, he also fouls a lot. Wait. And so. Nobody wants Memphis. There could be a situation where he gets into foul trouble early. But isn't Steven Adams coming back?
3: I don't think so. I think he's, he's not. Oh. I
2: think he's out. McKenzie, you
1: said something that, again, I'm a very, the most casual of NBA watcher. You said after LeBron and AD, Jaron Jackson's the third most important offensive player, more important than,
0: than Ja. I was thinking more of, yeah, the distance between how well he might play and how well he could play, that being the X factor in the series where John Morant uh, is going to get his tra- half-transition, semi-transition opportunities. He's more of a consistent pace, pacer of the Grizzlies offense where Jaron Jackson Jr. is more of an X factor. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, Adams has not uh, been cleared for the playoffs, so not going to be available.
0: Fez, you see
1: the same thing? You, this feels like a, uh, a, a Grizzlies undervalued spot here?
3: I'm not betting against LeBron and the corrupt NBA that's gonna give the Lakers every call. Okay. Unless if, if it's Sacramento, you know they won't screw Sacramento. They'll screw Memphis. Well, they haven't screwed Memphis as badly as they've screwed Sacramento before. <laughs> I, I I I go back to like like the the way I make money, and I make money on all my accounts, is that I make I bet things that aren't widely available, fading the public on on things. And this is like a c a classic one one So I I mean I why bet Memphis for the series um at a market line there I don't I, I it's like Gordon Gecko. I don't you you're throwing darts playing market numbers you know you're try your handicap has to be right my handicap can be wrong and if I get a good mm-hmm. enough number eventually the the, the the better of the numbers is going
2: to win out no, we're going to make wait, money we're going to wait till the Los Angeles crowd makes their way into town stops at either the M or the South Point yes. and changes the numbers at William Hill or the South Point yes and then we're going to bet the grizzlies
3: or we'll go to Treasure Island, or we'll go to Golden Nugget. We'll go where, um, where, with And I will say this with the legalization of sports betting. If there's one takeaway that um, I'll give on this pod, there's a whole lot of competition that has 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 moved out of town, and they're making fun of me for not being in Colorado and Jersey mm-hmm. and places with really, really stay soft lines, especially with the draft coming. And they're pounding kiosk, and they're making a whole lot of money.
2: I happen to know a very, and you know him as well. I'm not going to say the name. A very, very respected, winning gambler, Billy. That no, Walt. No, that uh, moved to Colorado.
0: Billy Walters moved to Colorado.
2: Just destroying the books and the legal books in Colorado. Yeah. What a, a nice uh, it, house in there, and is enjoying himself.
3: Yes, the Colorado market is very good, but again, there's guys that were competition for me in Vegas, and they're not they're they're not there and no more, mm-hmm. and that's, that's that's that 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 helps everybody. Yes, because there's a limit to how much that you can make against these books before they do things like kick you out because um, you're apparently doing things that are like inappropriate. But we all know if I was losing, it would be just okay. All right. Let's
1: look at the current title odds. Boo. Uh, Hate I, these. Of, well, of course you do, Fez, because you're the fun police. Uh, <laughs> God forbid anyone have a futures ticket because uh, the money line rollover is so much better. Connecticut twenty to one.
3: But you had Connecticut. You won. I did not have twenty to one on Connecticut. But you had Connecticut. I did not. You no. never picked it with that whole portfolio.
2: No. Oh no. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it was Gonzaga. It was Creighton. Marquette. 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 Yeah, that was the portfolio.
1: Uh yeah, There's I, another one in there too. I it hate future pets. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have a winner in there for sure. Uh, was, let's look at the the current odds and I'll ask. You know what? I'll ask all of you and I'll force you as well, Fez. What What's the value here? Like, if if I had to say, find. I know
3: you're gonna say none of them have value. Get a gaming license and find the, the one that has. All this. <laughs> find the one that has the best value on it, the board. It's gonna be one of the big favorites. Well, who's it gonna be? It's gonna be I either Milwaukee or Boston.
0: Mac? I'll say Phoenix is the best value. Five to one. What do you think, Scott? Boston.
2: The experience getting there last year and losing, uh, I think will help them this year. I think it's the Sixers. James I, I, Harden. Nope. Cancel him out. MB, you know, James Harden's the second ache, best player on the on the bad
3: team. back. They're gonna get injured. They always get injured. It's just like But they are going into this thing healthy. They've never done it before. It's like they've got all their guys going into the playoffs. MB it always is okay to start the playoffs and then he and then he gets a gastrointestinal problem. I mean, it's that, just like Chris it, Paul. It That's the problem happen. with Phoenix, right?
1: It could certainly happen. But I, I think the I think the the Sixers being healthy for once, going into this thing gives them some value. Not enough that I want to rush to the window and and get eleven to one on them, but it, it, like I think the gap between them and the Bucs and Celtics is much less than this number says. That's all I'm saying. And just like and like you said, the the Celtics have to play, or the the Sixers will have to play the Celtics. Well, the Celtics have to play the Sixers too. It doesn't seem like that's accounted for in their number. Otherwise, they're way better than Milwaukee. Is that is that true?
3: That's why Milwaukee's better than boston but by 35 cents yeah because the path is so much better but if we're what's the what what is the path penalizing the sixers like how much they got to go on the road at boston and milwaukee okay that's that's huge i mean that's gonna that's gonna cost them the title but that's gonna like that's the difference between
1: the the bucks and celtics are separated by 35 cents and that's because the celtics are home against the sixers that's the only difference um well the Celtics have to go to Milwaukee or, or that or that's what i mean the, the Celtics are home but the Celtics are home against the Sixers before that so because they've got home court in the in the Sixers Celtics matchup they're 35 cents worse than Milwaukee but the Sixers are 8 dollars worse than Milwaukee because of home court advantage
3: well the Sixers aren't quite as good as those two teams but I, I I I agree with you. If if it was a blind draw and they played on a neutral site in a bubble, I we could start talking about Philly, you know. And, and and they didn't have to be, you know, on the two three line. But which screws both Boston and Philly.
1: Yeah. How long is the
3: plane flight from Philly to Boston? I'm trying
1: to come up like Scott and say it uh, doesn't matter. There's no home court in this game. Philly to Boston.
2: <laughs> uh, probably if it would be like a six hour drive. So that's an hour and a half flight. What would that flight be? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Well, instead of get, you know, we you know what you could do if if you don't want to play your, actually, wow, this is actually court. This is actually a, uh, uh, they, they priced this accurately. Because I was thinking, you get plus 900 for the Sixers to win the title, you get 10 to 1 for Embiid to win the finals MVP. But that's actually priced accurately. Yes. Because if the Sixers win, it's going to be Embiid. It's not, yes. like, it's not like a case where, you know, it, maybe if Embiid was like, Plus fifteen hundred, that would be the yeah. better play. But no, these are actually it's actually correctly priced. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 uh, the, I, I have no response. That was um, they, that, they that surprised perfect. you. That they was, surprised. That was you. perfect. Yeah, you All know,
3: right. My my pet peeve too was like, and this is what's wrong with every other show. All right. These guys are just lying to you. It's like Killian and Running Man. You know, it's like it's Killian is lying to you. There's no value to bet who's going to win the East, who's going to win the West, who's going to win the title. And yet it's it's literally 70 percent of people's NBA preview podcast. They may just say, I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't make money. I'm in bed with the sports books. Give us all your money so you can lose it to the sports books and they can keep go ahead and giving us big fat checks for, for giving shows on how not to win. Well, it's funny, like but you're okay paying series prices, right sure, because there's in this case, I don't like the a bid ask a big difference between the two, but here's I, it goes back to the needle in the haystack. I want to bet on on golfer one or golfer two playing each other you want to play ahead i don't matchup. want yes, I don't want to have to pick the winner because Out of you know a field. What? because then Phil Mickelson can win the damn tournament, and everybody loses, okay, I guess that makes some sense. All right, again,
1: this is not the end of our NBA coverage. RJ and McKenzie and Fez, I believe. Fez, you're going to be in on Thursday. I'd be there, yes. Deep diving uh, the rest of the NBA. Uh, I'm guessing RJ has questions for McKenzie and Steve that I am too dumb to come up with. So you'll probably get even better educated on the upcoming playoffs, and we'll know a couple more of the matchups as well. So uh, great job, Mac. And let's move on to let's look at some Major League Baseball, Scott. I wanted to ask you in in this like what's what have you seen so far that surprises you with the new rules? Like, are, are, and what's sustainable? Like, are, are the are, are numbers up for good? Tell me what you've seen so far in in the league. Well, first off, the Tampa Bay Rays are going one hundred and sixty-two and zero. Clearly, so and Jordan Alvarez is going to have two hundred and fifty-three RBI. Like so that's,
2: that's on what, pace, guy. That's is all what over. We this. know, we know that the Rays are going undefeated. Uh, Fez, I saw you tweet something out. Am I to understand that the Live line on Rays wins is ninety one. Well, it was on Monday. Was okay. I bet
3: over ninety one and over ninety one half? It's probably going to be ninety two and a half tomorrow.
2: I was going to say, but the
3: books are always you know slow. And it's not just that they're undefeated. And I know they've, they've already cupcakes. got eleven wins. They're winning. They're yeah. winning like every game, like like nine to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, they're the, killing
2: people. Yeah, the, the the advanced numbers are are jumping off the page about just how good the Tampa Bay Rays are and have been. Uh, as far as the new rules are concerned, stolen bases is by far what we've seen the biggest jump uh, in, in in the early part of this season, and I don't think that these numbers are, are going away. So as of let's call it the first 150 or so games of the regular season, this year there have been 216 stolen bases, as opposed to last year, 137. This year, of the percentage of successful attempts, 81.5% to last year 73% 0.3%.
3: So think about that. So instead of the 73 and the 82, you you, you were getting caught stealing 27%. Now you only get caught 18%. -hmm. And the reason that's so significant is that right around just under 70%, or, or just um, around thirty percent caught stealing is your break-even point. Where, yeah. in, in other words, stealing bases is worthless because you don't you don't you don't, you only make it enough to
2: break even. Yeah, you don't want to run yourself out of an inning, too. You know, and, but, and there's different reasons to not take off if you have a lefty hitter on. You want to stay on first. So the and you leveraging want to keep, keep the the hole open for a guy holding you on. A lot so, of reasons. So
3: the leveraged impact is mm-hmm. that the net effect of stealing bases in prior years was basically zero. And now it's a huge
2: number. Huge number. And it's because of the rules. It's not only is it the limiting the amount of disengagements. So you know that if a pitcher has already disengaged, and by disengagement, I mean stepped off the rubber, whether they attempted to pick you off or they just stepped off as a way of calling time to now get on the same page with their catcher. Once you disengage the rubber two times during the course of an at-bat, you cannot do that again. So – That's telling the runners, I can steal here. Not only is it telling the runners they can steal here, but there's this thing now called the pitch clock, where the pitcher has to start his motion before the clock runs out. So if I'm on first base and the pitcher has already disengaged two times and I'm taking my lead and watching the pitch clock and I see it tick down five, four, three, two. I start running the second Mm -hmm. because the pitcher has to deliver the ball to home. And now these guys are getting incredible jumps to the point where some catchers aren't even throwing and uh, scoring is up as a result of this because guys are now getting into scoring position. Um, The shorter bases are leading to guys, you know, just rounding the bases quicker. We had uh, the San Francisco Giants the other night. I forgot who the player was. He scored from first. It was the tying run. They were down one nothing. It was like the eighth inning. He scored from first. He actually stole second, slid head first into second, but the ball was hit down the left field line. So he popped up Mm -hmm. from his head first slide and then still got home. And it was the fastest recorded time from home to first. Think about that. We are now setting speed records because the distance from first. To second is four and a half inches shorter. The distance from second to third is four and a half inches shorter. And the distance from third to home is three inches shorter. And you're getting an extra foot and a half lead off of first. Exactly. Now we're getting players scoring from first. We're getting guys putting themselves in scoring position on steals. And you're seeing it on the
3: final scores, anyone paying attention. There's still the one nothing and the 2-1 games sure. where the pitcher's just dominant. Yes, but, but there's
2: 11-2s, 12-8s, 7-4s,
3: 8-4s. The salami either goes under by a single-digit number or goes over by 40 runs Absolutely. on any one day.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Um, so as far as the new rules are concerned— we are seeing the result of that. And I don't think that I don't think this changes. What I do think changes is eventually the books will start hanging higher numbers on these games. You can't just go by the reputation of these pitchers anymore to say, Oh, we got two elite starting pitchers. I'm gonna make the line six and a half. I, I disagree here. They
3: can make it six and a half. They're fine. The elite well, starting just, pitchers are still- the over.
2: No, you won't win. Corbin Burns, Merrill Kelly line. The game ends seven to one. That's an it's an and, eight. It goes I, I, over. I don't. I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't, well, can't bet. You can't bet on there's so we
3: have a we have, we have a parlor bet. The rest of the year closing number six and a half. I think you'll lose money playing over six and a half. But where you're, you're going to make money is playing over eight and over nine because those games should be 10, 10 and a half. Because you know what? You got these dominant pitchers. Nobody's getting on base, so they're not stealing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it 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 doesn't have as mm-hmm. big of, a, of an effect as it does with all these games with base run. like in Colorado today, like in the Cubs, you know, you you add up, you know, the wind blowing out of Wrigley where a fly ball is a home run, Mm -hmm. but a ground ball is a hit and then guys start stealing and they're just guys
2: like motoring around the base paths all game long. I I think also you have to find ways to take advantage of uh, some of these, some of the new rules as far as the pitchers are concerned. So I might not, you might not like, Going over with a low total of uh of you know six and a half or whatever, or maybe a first five, three and a half. But all it takes is for the opposing team to score one run, and you're gonna win like a team total bet. For instance, Jacob deGrom is pitching for the Texas Rangers against the Royals, and the first five team total for the Kansas City Royals was point five. Mm. The bet is Will Jacob deGrom give up a run in the first five innings or not? Of course he's going to give up a and run. And you know what? DeGrom gave up two. So it, it, these are ways that you can take advantage, these derivative markets, so you can really make the some— the book
3: doesn't want to push. Exactly. So they, they, they never hang the integer, and exactly. the line's like
2: 0.95, so they make it a half. Yes. line uh, Play I gave out on pregame.com yesterday. Uh, the Twins going up against Lance Lynn. Their first five-team total was one and a half. The bet was, are the Twins going to score two runs off of Lance Lynn? Well, you bet your ass they're going to score two runs off of Lance Loop Lynn. Loop and a blast. That, and that happened the first two batters of the game. Mm-hmm. Or the first two batters of the bottom of the first inning. Single, home run. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you got your two runs. It, it's There's ways that you can really take advantage during Major League Baseball betting that doesn't necessarily have to be Oh, I'm gonna lay minus 170 on a team. And did you see the Toronto
3: ballpark? It's like a little league. They to right
2: center. I mean, you. you jack, I mean, Scott, yep. you could jack it out of there. Well, I could have with the to normal the, dimensions. I yeah, mean, it's not it's to fun. the opposite field. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Three sixty eight. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. First of all, when you get a guy throwing that hard. You know, unless you have a Helps. Barry Bonds type bat speed, mm-hmm. you're most likely hitting it the other way. <laughs> AJ will tell you that you just got to get put contact on it. Remember, the harder it comes in, the harder it goes, goes out. out yeah. that's physics. Uh, so yeah, Toronto renovated the ballpark; looks beautiful. They made uh, different dimensions. They have this beautiful center field area. They have stands overlooking the bullpen. No They're right going, center. Nice. No right center anymore. No, right Matt, center is is out. And we as, saw as Matt and we saw Matt Chapman yesterday go deep into that right center field uh, area. So uh, already. Um, having an impact on their games, but yeah, I think the I think we're going to see more scoring. I think the uh, the the good teams right now that are off to really good starts are not fluky. Uh, the Rays are really really good. Now here's uh, the irony: mm-hmm. there's a lot of Oakland is horrendous, Washington Oakland is horrendous. horrendous, Washington is horrendous, yes. Detroit is horrendous, Detroit is horrendous, Kansas yeah.
3: City stinks. Yep, yeah. but the best teams. There's not one team even Tampa, that's projected right now to win over 96 games. Isn't that interesting? Not a one, according—this is in TeamRankings.com. I'm sure 538 would agree. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of—the a lot of t- the juggernauts like Houston, Dodgers, Mets. Yeah,
2: the Blue Bloods, if you will. The Blue Bloods are all projected to win mid-90s only. I mean, the Rays aren't even favored to win the American League East. Yeah. The Yankees are. Mm-hmm. And the Rays— are 11 and 0. Yes, the Yankees are 7 and 4, but the Rays are 11 and 0. But yeah, the teams, if you really want to look, at, and I'll go through some advanced numbers uh, real quick as far as the worst offenses and best offenses in Major League Baseball. You look right now at the best offenses in baseball, uh, according to fan graphs, and we're looking at weighted runs created. So the teams that do the best job at putting themselves in position to score runs. Tampa Bay is the best team in baseball. All right, It's not even close. The next team, the Dodgers, then the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and believe it or not, the Chicago White Sox rounding out the really? top five. Offensively only. Defensively, they stink. They just, can't field. They make errors. Just They're bet pitching. Dylan Cease first just, five. Just, just bet Dylan Cease. Yes, just bet Dylan Cease. Exactly. Your worst offenses in baseball, the Kansas City Royals. Detroit. Detroit Tigers, oh yeah, Oakland A's. All the A's are god awful. And then a tie between Colorado and Miami. Colorado start hitting. Wrapping wrapping up your top yeah, your Miami. top five worst offenses. So it, it, it look these were the teams you asked you placed that bet. Will a team lose hundred games? And I said, yeah, Oakland and and Washington probably will. But I mean, Washington's actually played you know. Some some decent either baseball. Detroit or but Kansas Detroit, City. They will. will I think De- hundred. Also, yeah. three teams will yep. lose hundred. Yes, I think that your bet is is safe there as far as uh, as far as that goes. Um, you're looking at how some guys are doing, like some of the the, the best starts to the season. Shohei Otani, pitching wise, has been absolutely unhittable.
3: Think about it. so the Angels are laying one and a half on the run line. They get yeah. two runs. Game It's going over. to be tough. It's going to be tough to cover. No, nope, not really.
2: Fine. Two nothing. He has been through nineteen innings this season. Uh, Otani has, you know, given up absolutely nothing on the season. He has absolutely dominated uh, the, the the league. He's got a .47 ERA in three starts, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. Pitching in the World Baseball Classic, he ramped himself up more so than other pitchers that were just going through the motions during spring training. How happy is
3: Degrom now? He's got a team that scores touchdowns for him instead of rouge's.
2: Yeah, right. He's actually getting some run supporters, right? Um, But yeah, like in Otani, in 19 innings, he's allowed just one run on six hits. Uh, Other guys, uh, obviously, the Tampa Bay Rays pitching has been ridiculous. Uh, guy Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen both have not allowed a run this season. <laughs> uh, so- you know, I, I have to say,
3: and Tampa, and, and to be fair, you could say, well, San Fran always over, over, overperforms and the A's always over, overperform. Mm-hmm. But a lot of sharp guys came in and said, oh, this is the year. Tampa's going to be down. They're not going to win 89 games. Yeah. No, that's they, They're just, their they're collective baseball IQ is just superior to every other team in the league. Let's yeah.
2: face it. it. it's been it, it really has been that impressive. Uh Also, what's been impressive, Luis Arise of the Marlins. If you want to make a bet on who's going to be the batting champion in the National League, he's batting five thirty seven through twelve games. I Can I bet no? <laughs> you you want to bet the no? Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, want to bet the, the no. no on that. This is the, he was the batting champion in the American League last year. By the way, never mind. Okay, uh, <laughs> he batted three nineteen last year. Never mind. I'm Twins. sorry. So be he's uh, he's off to an incredible start. Matt Chapman. Is off to a ridiculous start. Leads the, uh, oh, he has got 15 RBIs. Ryan Mount, Ryan Mountcastle of Baltimore leads the league with 18 RBIs through the first 11 games of the season. Hack Wilson, watch out! And uh, he also leads the league with five home runs, tied with Pete Alonso of the Mets, Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh, Luis Robert of Chicago. Your home run leaders, by the way. My uh, long shot National League MVP candidate. Xander Bogarts, what that number I gave out was like forty something to one or something on Xander. Hmm. Second most home runs in Major League Baseball right now at four.
3: It's going to catch up to the Red Sox. It's going to give it to you. All the good guys they lost in the division being so good, they're going to get
2: creamed, right? The Red Sox. Yeah, uh, even though they're playing good, their pitching's terrible. Yeah, their bullpen's terrible. I mean, they give up so many runs you know, right now. The uh, the Red Sox. Well, I guess they they've given up fifty five runs in uh, in eleven games. So that's like five runs a game. It's not. Not good. They get to keep playing Detroit, they'll be fine. <laughs> a lot of teams keep playing Detroit. I think you're gonna have a lot of success this year in Major League Baseball, just picking on some really bad teams.
3: Yeah. Fade Oakland, Fade Detroit, yeah, and Fade Kansas
2: City and Washington. Washington, especially in Corbin pitches, oh, well, he got to win. I saw that. Yeah, by default. Oh, uh, still, but the bet against Corbin though—you bet the team total, the other, the opposing team total in the first five innings. Yes. So that one, in that one, because you, know, you know Corbin's going to give up runs. That's right. So, in speaking of the Oakland A's, yesterday they took a what was it seven three lead over the Orioles in the fifth inning and lost the game twelve eight. <laughs> <laughs> I had first five. Oh no. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, and it was looking no. really good for about four and a third. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shane Langoliers, one of the uh the one of the better Las Vegas aviators. I had, I had a Stephen King a novel.
3: Good call. Langolier's?
2: No, he, <laughs> he uh he was uh, I I I watched him last year play for the aviators. He, uh, he hit a three-run shot in that fifth inning. That it's killed.
1: hard to tell the difference between the, the A's r- roster and the Aviators roster. Well, the A's it's
2: roster is last year's Aviators Essentially roster. the same thing. Yeah. You go to an Aviators game now. You're going to see guys that will play for the A's in, in like a couple of weeks. I mean, literally. They're, what I say on opening day, would they have... Six guys or eight guys making their major league debuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like Batting cleanup, Miss Diaz, who was like a utility guy for the Astros three years and ago. And the team's a joke. The team is a joke. The organization's a joke. And just move them to Vegas already. On They had, the other day I saw a stat, it was 11 minor league teams drew more fans that day than the Oakland A's did. That's it? That's a shocking number. I would have thought it would be more. The Oakland A's playing a ballpark that seats, you know, fifty, who, sixty thousand. Who
3: cares? What idiot in Oakland? Apologies to all the idiots. Would would like bring their family to an Oakland A's baseball game? I guess maybe you're a fan of the other team.
2: Yeah, sometimes tickets are free. Yeah, but yeah, Good uh, seats available. Yep. So uh, yeah, how, how have you fared in the early part of the baseball season, Fez? Baseball's been great. Uh, eighteen, I you were say, eight, very, very good to me.
3: Eighteen and six, so seventy five percent. Can't complain about that. Oh, but now my now the naysayers will be always oh, he's laying some minus one forties and some minus one fifties. Yeah, eighteen and six, pay the rent.
2: Yes, eighteen and six does pay the rent. Uh, let's see, I have four twenty seven and nine run in my last what is that thirty six baseball plays. There it's you go. Good. That's pretty good. I mean, seventy-five
3: percent for both of us. Yeah,
2: opening day was I mean 75 percent.
3: That's sixty-seven.
1: Damn it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not seventy-five percent. I'm I'm the loser here. <laughs> we don't do the math. Uh, Losers only group chat. No yeah.
2: coffee. No coffee for closers. Coffee is for closers. Uh, you got eight and four. It looks like eighty percent to me. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah, I think uh, there's um, there's teams that I've already at this point through two weeks I've like established my um, my Your play pets. yeah my play on guys mm-hmm. and my play against guys I've gotten to that point already. When's 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 Corbin pitch again? He just pitched the other day, so yeah. it's going to be a couple more days till yes. we see Patrick Corbin pitch. I'm just waiting until the Nationals have the gall to call up call up Joanna Doan last year's incredible fade. Mm. They lost every game he pitched. It was amazing. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, the Red Sox
3: are going to be my go-against team that has a decent, a decent enough record right now. Well,
1: we do have a best bet in baseball from our guy, Diamond Dave Essler. He has a futures bet as well, one that uh, I certainly
4: back. I love and am betting Dylan Cease plus 850 to win the American League Cy Young Award. The two favorites are Garrett Cole and Jacob DeGrom. They've become even bigger favorites since the season started with both of them having a hot start. But DeGrom isn't right, and he hasn't pitched a full season in three years. And as good as Cole might be, he loses some votes somewhere for his alleged involvement in pitch doctoring in 2019. More in a minute. That leaves Dylan Cease, third favorite. All he's done is start 32 games each in the last two years. Last year, he had allowed an average of six hits per game, 6.2 to be fair, and he pitches in the Central Division, which means he gets eight or so starts against both the Tigers and the Royals. Cleveland and Minnesota round out the division, and neither of them figure to be in the top half of runs scored this season. Sees finished second last year to Verlander, who's now in the National League. Cole had a good year in 2022 and still finished ninth in voting. Matter of fact, he wasn't the top vote-getter on the Yankees. Nestor Cortez was. And as I said, he's not going to get the fringe votes. Dylan sees plus 850 to win the A.L. Cy Young Award. And if that's too off-topic, I bet the Knicks plus 60 to beat the Cavaliers.
1: All right, Scott, you agree
2: with uh, Uncle Dave here? Well, he certainly is capable of it's Dylan uh, Cease yeah. year it's the, the <laughs> thing that bothers me about Dylan Cease again is that his defense is going to let him down at times and yes while that might lead to unearned runs it will lead to putting pressure on him and having to extend more in games uh he's gotten off to a great start look three starts he's got a 165 ERA 16 and a third innings pitch he's given up three runs And he's got 24 strikeouts. That's very impressive. But if you look a little bit further down the odds boards, the odds board for American League Cy Young, at 10-1, to you're going to see Shohei Ohtani. Oh, boy. And in three starts in 19 innings, he has 24 strikeouts, only six hits allowed, and only one run allowed. He's got a .47 ERA. And Ohtani... Is going to make more starts this year. Well, I guess not. The balanced schedule. So I take that back. Cause I was gonna say more starts against Oakland and, but it is a balanced schedule. And I guess Dylan Cease does get to play Detroit. So as much as Otani gets to play Oakland, Cease gets to play Detroit. But still, I think um Otani at ten to one right now, to me a better value than Cease at plus eight fifty. Hmm. Logical.
3: Makes sense. I like both. I, I'm not, not I'm not I opposed mean, to either. Sure. Let's bet ten guys all at at 9-1, to one, that way you can break even if one of yeah, them Yeah, that works for me. I, I can actually at the comp. Give, McC-
2: give me McClanahan, Cease. I'll give you a better bet. How about this? Luis Castillo of the uh, Seattle Mariners at plus 1,600 through his first three starts of the season, 17 and two-thirds innings. He's only given up two runs. He's got a 1.02 ERA, and he is... Uh, Maybe we want to know on maybe we we'll wait three more starts. Let's do this. Fez.
1: I'll take Dylan Cease, Otani, McClanahan, Garrett Cole. You can have the field.
2: I'll take the field.
1: I think I'll take the field. Even field. money. All right. So wait, wait, wait. You, you,
2: you, get Cease, Cole. Who else? Otani. Otani. McClanahan. And McClanahan. Yeah. So that means Fez has Degrom, Castillo. Degrom's going to pitch like three more games. And he, he's got Degrom, <laughs> Castillo, Bieber, Valdez. Oof. Bieber just beat the Yankees. Jeffrey Springs. Ooh. Dark horse. Dark horse. Twenty to one Jeffrey Springs of the yeah. Rays. Can, can I bet this? Third will, best pitcher on his team. Will a Rays pitcher win the Cy Young? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like good. Zach Eflin went on the IL, unfortunately. Will so the NL now we'll Will back. the
3: NL East win the Cy Young?
2: A L East. A L East. More than likely. That's actually would be a great bet because you get McClanahan and Garrett Cole. Yeah. That's not a bad, that's not a bad bet. Uh, and all net,
3: these Tampa Bay guys have not given up a run all year.
2: Yeah, exactly. What, three consecutive <laughs> shutouts, whatever it was that they, that they had. Uh, yeah, so hey, listen, these, Dylan Cease, we know we love Dylan Cease Day um, for sure for the White Sox. But I think if you're looking for a little, more, mo, little bit more value, Otani at 10 to 1 versus the plus 850 for Cease is something I'd like to have. Plus, there's a lot of the voters that would probably think, now I'm trying to get in the head of the voter here. You know, Otani's really the MVP every season. And last season he had an MVP year, but Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs. So we couldn't give Otani the MVP. But this year, are, we'll we, give we, just him gonna, everything. are we just gonna go give Otani the MVP? No.
3: And you know the what? Cy
2: Young. You know what? We're gonna treat him, we're gonna get we're gonna treat him differently. We're gonna vote for him to win the Cy Young and give somebody else the MVP. Or we'll get both of them done. Well, like there's that. been pitchers that have won MVPs and Cy Young's in the same year. It's happened many times.
1: All right, uh, anything else, boys? Is there anything else that we haven't touched on in Major League Baseball that we need to get to? Anything non-Major League Baseball or NBA that needs to be discussed?
2: Well, Stanley Cup playoffs will begin
1: you know pretty what? soon. Well, you... Next week is a great time to talk about that. Well, Scott found something today on a result that happened earlier today between
2: the Penguins mm. and the Blackhawks. Yeah, this was really – and and I lost this – this was a bet that I gave out and I lost it. Now you could have made this a bridge jumper bet. I went and mitigated the juice a little bit by playing the puck line, but Pittsburgh was minus 600 against the Blackhawks on uh, Tuesday night and coming into this game, Pittsburgh needed a win to get into the playoffs. They were in control of their own fate, as they say to get into the playoffs. The Blackhawks needed a loss hmm. to control their own fate to have the best possible chance to secure the number 1 overall pick in the upcoming draft which would result in drafting Connor Bedard who is a once in a generation talent we're talking about the next Connor McDavid the next Sidney Crosby that's the type of player that this Connor Bedard is well the penguins playing against one of the worst teams in hockey in the blackhawks a team that has one of the worst goaltenders in hockey, and Peter Morazic. The Blackhawks won against the Penguins. How's this happen? Fluke? Like, I don't know. For some reason, look, players never tank, right? Organizations can tank. And we've seen that. Look, the, the Capitals won the other night when the organization did not play their four best players. Like, they just said, we're punting. Like, we don't, like, like, Oshi. Ovechkin, Van Riemsdyk, you're not playing. Dowd, you're not going to play. And they still won. Flukes happen. Like, players go out there and try. Flukes so, happen in hockey.
3: So, in order to determine, like, if you have a much better team, they, you're, you're confident that they're going to win the series. In hockey, they have to play 51 games. In the hmm. NBA, they have to play seven.
2: Yeah. So, I guess, look, the Penguins, they dominated the gameplay. Mrazek made, like, 40 38 saves, 40 saves, whatever it was. And how bad of a win was it for the Blackhawks? Their chances to get the number one overall pick went from twenty five and a half percent down to thirteen and a half percent. And it's it's probably going to be even less than that because they're now tied. Why with the heck don't they have ping pong balls? They do, but it's the percentages are are overwhelming for the top two worst records. That's so
3: stupid. Everyone should be fired to allow that.
2: So, Uh, I mean, I was like, what's the deal? But it used to be that way in the NBA until they tried to resolve tanking, right? But it was like, this this certainly has helped. This loss basically cut the Blackhawks' chances in half. But it, it it made it worse, though, because now they have the same record as the Anaheim Ducks, meaning that second worst record percentage is going to be divided between those two teams. It's not going to be like, first worst record has this percentage, next worst record has this percentage, and the third worst record has a certain percentage. So it sounds
3: like the lesson learned is, I, I saw it close, some ridiculous number. Uh, keep betting these sort of bets and they are going to win 85% of the time, but they're not going to win 95% in a, mm. in a sport like hockey because the puck just bounces weird.
2: Yeah, and it makes me think, like, now ten, uh, on Wednesday night, the Islanders are now in a win-and-in situation, and they're at home against the Canadiens, who are D- I'm also... The undunzo on the Islanders. They are also a very bad team. Montreal right now is one of the worst teams in, the, uh, in their conference, and... I wonder there's a minus 360. It's a high price, but you're playing a team that has only won 14 road games this year out of their, you know, 40, you know, 41 road games. Uh, win and you're in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. Is that a hammer spot? Probably is a hammer spot for me. If they were any good. They wouldn't need to win that game. If they were any good, they'd already be in the playoffs because they would have won against the Capitals. That's a good the other point. <laughs> Yeah. But this is how you make up for it, and they're at home.
3: That's how you lose your shirt twice.
2: Yes, exactly. This is, <laughs> but this is a, this is a martingale right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no interest in martingale. You,
2: you lose, you lose your shirt on the the first time. Now you martingale it. You double it up on the next. I one. want a martingale on good teams, not bad teams.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else, boys, Fez, there's only one thing for you to do.
3: Hey, hey, be careful out there,
1: and remember. R.J. McKenzie Fez back on Thursday with more NBA.